Space Podcast. Hey everyone, this amazing ESO Network show is brought to you by our fine sponsor, Amazon.com. Please remember to shop Amazon for all your geeky needs, no matter what time of the year it is. All you need to do is go to ESOPodcast.com slash ESOAmazon. Or click on the Amazon banner on the ESO Network webpage to go to our e-store. It's the best way to shop and the best way to support this program, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Okay, that's enough of me babbling for now. Now on with your regular scheduled show. Hi, this is Mark. Congratulations. You have found this amazingly awesome show. Chances are you're listening to it right now on whether it's iTunes or Stitcher Radio or some other mobile app that allows you to stream this amazingly awesome show to your ear holes. And I can't stress how awesomely amazing this show really is. But did you know that you can also catch the latest episode of this show on the Tangibound Network? That's right. Go check out TangiboundNetwork.com. You can look them up and you can listen to it right there. It's even mobile friendly. What more could you ask for? Which means you can pull it up on your iPhone or your Android, even your Windows phone. Yeah, who has one of those? But still, point remains, you can do it. You can do it. Check it out. TangiboundNetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. Check it out. I'm Chris Farrell from the official GunnaGeek.com podcast, a proud member of the GunnaGeek Network, just like the show you're listening to now. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at GunnaGeekNetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On our latest episode, Josh Peterson and I talk about the importance of Spider-Man Homecoming to Sony, to Marvel, and to the summer box office as it hits theaters this weekend. We also talk about the puzzling decision of CBS and Hawaii Five O, the winners and losers so far in NBA free agency, and should we reevaluate our stance when it comes to the DC versus Marvel Cinematic Universe? We also have a cut from the latest Super BS Gamescast and a hit song from Moy Navarro. It's another web sling adventure full of podcasting skyscrapers we have to navigate through as we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another episode of the PCC Multiverse. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate you being part of the broadcast here today. I'm here along with my good friend, He's the man amid the legend behind Humanica Media. It's Ed Sheeran. How are you, my friend? Good, man. Just got back from tour. You know, I'm 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 a little tired, but uh, you know, playing all of my hit songs. Like, um, what are, what are my hit songs? You've got plenty. I okay. listen to a lot of Sirius XM. Let's just put it that way. And you're playing just you know, whether yeah, it's that's, on the hill or you know, just, that's actually me singing on the radio too. Okay. Anytime you hear it, it's actually me. Like they just yeah. call me and I put my phone up to my guitar and I just start playing. You know, 
Fair enough, indeed. The reason why we say that, it's, by the way, it's Josh Peterson from Humanica Media. He often gets mistaken for Ed Sheeran. And as someone who, in his earlier years, got constantly mistaken for Val Kilmer, all I can tell you is this. I'd rather have his paycheck. I mean, in all fairness, Top Gun, I mean, there are worse things you get compared to. I, I want the residuals. That's all I want is the residuals. But they've asked me to raw autographs, whatnot. Yeah, no, no, no. I just want residuals, residuals indeed. But anyways, it's so great to be back on the PCC Multiverse. We're here every Friday night, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, right here on the Podcast Radio Network. But Josh Peterson, let me ask, what's going on with all the great things going down at Humanica Media? Well, we just got a successful debut on Tuesday nights, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific on the Podcast Radio Network, of one of your shows, the What About This Podcast, part of, well, is it you know going to be something that, that you're calling maybe still the Humanic Media Hour or something different perhaps, maybe? Yes, it will be on Tuesday nights, and it will have, it'll have a different title. Um, we're, we're still working on that right now, but it will be original content with clips of other content inside of it so yeah um yeah and there, there'll be where have i heard that before yeah it's kind of kind of a pop culture cosmos format but you know we'll be we'll be we'll make sure the content doesn't overlap each other um yeah and then we got i think it's just topic Ocalypse is the new thing this week coming out and uh you can check out the latest episode of super bs which i think is attached to this uh podcast here and yeah that's it for right now yes for streaming and downloading customers and we're we're gonna tell everybody out there for all of our listeners that do download and stream stream us uh, via the various networks and we're going to give a list right here after the next break of all the different uh options that we're on you do get an extra bonus listening thing whether it's a podcast or whether it's an extra interview usually it's a podcast in this case it will be the super bs games cast so if you do download or stream the option after it appears on the podcast radio network yes we're gonna have the super bs games cast uh, available for you so so everything going else okay just keep going straight forward with the uh, human comedia everything else is going hunky-dory Everything else is hunky-dory, man. I'll, uh, as soon as I know some more stuff about what I'm doing, I'll let you guys know. All right. That's great indeed. Absolutely. Everything you can find out more at Humanica Media on Facebook and Twitter as well. Well, we've got a great episode lined up for you. Josh is going to be quizzing me on all the stuff going on with the NBA free agency because I've, I've really done some homework on it as far as and uh, you know taking a look at who – Who's, who's really just made those great additions and who's made those additions that kind of have me scratching my head and, and who looks really a lot better at this point in time in the NBA landscape and who doesn't really look so good. So we're going to break that down a little bit later in the broadcast. And then also as well, Josh and I are going to maybe talk a little bit more about the DC and Marvel Cinematic Universe I know there's a stigma attached to the DC universe, and I also know that the people have a different opinion uh, from that with the Marvel universe and such a favored stance with it over the years. But uh, some interesting facts came up with the success of Wonder Woman that may reshape that thinking for some of you out there. And we're going to delve into that a little bit later in the show as well. 
We're also going to be talking about CBS's puzzling decision with Hawaii Five O and how it really sets a bad precedent. It just sends a lot of uh, wrong signals, and we're going to talk about that as well in the show. Plus, a great song coming up from Moy Navarro, and again, like I said, a clip from the latest Super BS Gamescast. Well, Josh. You know, I have some high hopes now going into the rest of the summer season. We've talked about how disappointing it was in, in May and, and even heading into June. But Wonder Woman and a Baby Driver and Despicable Me 3 doing okay. Baby Driver really exceeding expectations. Uh, War of the Planet of the Apes really uh, looking good as it heads into theaters next week. But the last possible big hit of the summer spider-man homecoming is hitting theaters this weekend and by all appearances it's really going to do well with consumers and also as well with with uh, you know worldwide the the studio responsible for it, sony along with their new good friend kind of on good terms friend marvel as far as their their coordinating effort on the spider-man character within the marvel universe so I ask you, Josh, what are your thoughts heading into the weekend as far as Spider-Man Homecoming's big return to theaters after, well, let's say a, this is the third kickstart for them in the movie realm. Is this the third time is the charm? Or if, if they don't get it right, should they even go back to it at all? See, so that's an iffy question just because it's, yeah, it's the third time, but I think since it's already intertwined within the Marvel Universe now, I don't think they should go back, even if it is bad. Which I'm actually, I've been trying to not open any of these articles I'm seeing, but from the headlines, I'm, it's looking like critics really like it. So very Got a very strong, uh, fresh rating, and also as well, a, a really, really good Metacritic rating as well. So very solid uh, just waiting for a lot of consumers reactions but i know i'm going to be able to see it this weekend as well and we'll share my thoughts on the monday show at the pop culture cosmos shows at 10 30 p.m eastern 7 30 p.m pacific on the podcast radio network but go ahead yeah, that was a nice plug there um yeah well, I, thank I, you I, sir <laughs> um yeah no see this is a danger with uh shared universes uh it's just the fact that you can't, once you throw a character in there, you can't just, uh, you can't reboot it. Like that's so, you know, that was, I guess one thing that Sony did do right was they didn't make movies based off the other Spider-Man characters until now. And now they're probably going to beat it like a dead horse. But um, yeah, no, it, you know, even if this one was bad, I think they have no choice but to just keep moving on with it and try to do it better the next time because can you imagine what would happen, like what would have happened if one of the Iron Man movies was bad or if people people didn't like uh, Ant-Man or Doctor well, Strange? Well, Iron Man 2 was be. bad as far as from a critical standpoint. Yeah, and, and that's a perfect example right there. They just they made that movie and then they just kept moving forward. They didn't worry about – that. they weren't like, oh, we have to reboot Iron Man. So you kind of don't have a choice. You're locked up once this character's out there. But from what I understand, he's actually uh, – the movie's really good and I'm looking forward to seeing it. Well, for me, this is the third time is the charm, I think, because, like I said, I, I better like it. Well, I don't want to have to threaten, but I, I better be good because I will have no more tolerance or patience for any more iterations of Spider-Man. I don't want to see any more reborn Spider-Man movies, if that's the case, if this is not going to work out because 
I've sat through five Spider-Man films and I haven't fallen in love with any of them. Um, so uh, I know you have a, a deeper affinity for the Spider-Man character, but I have, like I said, seen all five of the Spider-Man films and you know, okay. Their, their barrier for success to keep the films going is a lot higher than maybe what it should be because the films themselves have garnered over half a billion dollars on, I think almost every, if not every, uh, um, iteration so far so for a lot of films that would be great but obviously they haven't achieved that mega uh 800 to 1 billion dollar status on the last uh, amazing spider-man so that's why they had to go ahead and make this change so yeah I, I just it seems like the expectations for you know spider-man are high in sony now they're they're kind of like tempering their enthusiasm now but the reason why they're doing this in the first place and and you know they allowed marvel to to have spider-man in captain america civil war and all that they felt that that there was such a bad image and a bad tarnish with the previous spider-man i didn't think it was so bad i didn't think it was great but i didn't think it was to the point where it was so cartoonish as uh, some previous iterations of spider-man but I don't know. That's at this yeah, point. Hey, time, the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man completely blows the Sam Raimi Spider-Man out of the water. Like just hands down, it is. Such I didn't think it was so bad. Quality I, film. I, I didn't think it was so bad. I didn't think it was great, but I didn't think it was so bad to the point where where Sony had to reboot it again. But hey, look, that's that's you know water under the bridge. They're doing it. They, Tom Holland seems to be really effective in the role, and they're putting a kind of slight different slant on it on the uh, Peter Parker character, which is fine. I have no problem with that. As long as it's good and it's well-made, that's, that's all I care about at this point because uh, I don't know, just Sony's expectation of what the Spider-Man franchise should be and what the reality of it is, maybe two different things. But at this point in time, it all instances look like it, it may be at a hundred million dollar opening here at weekend uh, if not more. So that's definitely a good sign indeed. And, and possibly could, you know, do very well overseas from, you know, to the tune of maybe $200 million or over. So that's a great start in, in all, for all intents and purposes. So we'll see what happens. Uh, I, I don't know, as far as what are your thoughts going into the movie? What are your expectations on, on maybe elaborating more on, not only the Peter Parker character in the high school form, but also as well the Vulture character coming from, I believe, the the damage control unit. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, it's it's an interesting dynamic. I do like the idea of having Peter Parker in high school just because that's that's straight from the Ultimate Spider-Man comics. So that's something that we we were hoping for with the Amazing Spider-Man, and we sort of got it. But like, this is like a, a straight up. Iterate, uh, new iteration of Ultimate Peter Parker. So that's cool in that fact. And, you know, as, as far as, like, villains go, I, I think it's really stupid that Sony has Carnage and Venom and won't let them appear in the Spider-Man Marvel films, as far as, as, far as I know. I, I, I don't, they've indicated that they're not going to let them do that. Yeah, so, I mean, we all... we we want to see Spider-Man face off against Carnage. That's like his ultimate villain and they don't have access to him. So I don't know if like Vulture was something that I would have, somebody I would have picked as a villain, but I'm, I'm curious and I'm, I'm interested and I can't wait to watch it. But at the same time, I, 
I hope that it's not because Vulture is one of the more cartoony villains of Spider-Man. So I'm hoping that it's not over the top. I'm hoping it's handled well and not over animated as Marvel tends to do with some things. But we'll have to see. Well, Michael Keaton's been on a good run lately since Birdman. So definitely if anybody can can do it at this point in time and not make it over the top and cartoony when it isn't warranted, uh, maybe it, it's him. Um, and what I was referencing to as far as damage control, because I've been reading and catching up on that this week, they even had their own comic series for a short period of time. I guess it is the team of individuals assigned to clean up after the sur- superhero. Yeah, they were supposed to make a um, damage control or wrecking crew, they're sometimes referred to, but they they had their own, they appear in the Ultimate Spider-Man comics quite a bit, but they actually had... They're supposed to have their own uh, show on ABC, and then I remember the plans got scrapped for it. And that was uh, um, yeah, yeah, and then but NBC did something similar to that in the world of DC, and then it, yeah. it, it got canceled almost immediately because it was probably portrayed in the wrong way. I mean, it's an interesting concept uh, um, as far as how they're utilizing it. So maybe from that slant, it will be a, a more interesting piece. I I just know from the Sam Raimi um, movies and also as well the Andrew Garfield movies, I've been d- disappointed by the villains themselves. I've we've remarked on the show often about the villains of the Marvel universe not being up to snuff, but the ones in the Spider-Man universe. I'll be honest with you, really have, have been substandard as far as being represented on screen. Uh, do you agree or not to agree to any extent? Yeah, they've, they've taken some villains that were like a lot more violent and crazy in the comic books, like Whiplash, for example, and they kind of, um, they, they do two things. They, they'll make them completely different from what we know from the comic books, but they really like toned down their violence. And that's one of the things like to me in the comic books that made them so scary was the fact that these guys are, some of these guys are just completely unhinged. So, um, you know, Marvel hasn't done a great job with portraying some of them, but I'm hoping with like Thanos, especially like, I hope they really capture like what he stands for. Well, in the previous iteration, Sony, I don't think, has done a great job portraying some villains like Electro, uh, Rhino. And, had, and it's not because the actors, to me, uh, the actors are just given the material to work with because when you have Jamie Foxx and you have uh, you know, uh, several several actors of, of note that are in there, I think the only one for me that has actually been of any real value on screen or have been very good is possibly uh the sandman and then maybe the first green goblin uh you know maybe that those two have have kind of been the the ones that have been kind of passable what are your thoughts as far as maybe you know willem defoe's uh green goblin i should say then thomas hayden church i think for for sandman but has there any been been for you any highlights in the first five movies uh, of spider-man or or are you just glad to finally get them out of the way and put them in the past and 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 have this spider-man homecoming come at a at a uh, real real good time this is my concern with uh spider-man homecoming i liked the first amazing spider-man so much and i loved andrew garfield as peter parker that I'm afraid it's not going to live up to it because that was literally the perfect superhero movie to me. It had the um, the villain like uh, Lizard, like he was he was a tragic villain, like he was a truly tragic character. And 
the fight between them two, it was just, it was very emotional, very impactful. The movie had its dark points, but it had some funny moments too. And it was like, I, that was the first time I'd watched a movie like that. And like, I felt, I felt things like I was like, whoa, this is like sad. It's funny. It was like a, it was very, it was a very emotional movie. So I think they, they captured lizard. Like he's probably the best villain that's been in a Spider-Man film so far. Like I, I didn't care anything really for Electrode or Harry Osborn. I just, the lizard, like that was the one thing that they could, I don't think anyone's going to top for a really long time is the way that Sony portrayed lizard. But that is really like that movie was the only thing they did right out of, you know, the other four. Well, that's uh, you know, that actually is some great points indeed. Uh, I I remember the the story as far as the lizard is concerned, and and his realm in the first Amazing Spider-Man, and yes, it did have its its tear jerking moments because this is something that that he really didn't want to to evolve into, and then just it obviously it changed him, and and that point, and uh, until the very end where it became an emotional breakdown, but. For me, I guess maybe we'll just treat it as a clean slate and see if we can go forward with this new Spider-Man Homecoming. Although, like I said, if they don't do it right this time, then I don't think they should do it all. Just do a what we want them to do with Fantastic Four and maybe what some people out there want them to do with the X-Men and just give it to Marvel. Just let, let Disney and Marvel deal with it. And, and there you go. But for now, we'll give it a shot. Spider-Man Homecoming looks very promising indeed, and it's on its way to a big weekend. How big? We'll report on it on the Monday show, and it will definitely take a, a closer look at the film itself because uh, are you going to be able to see it this weekend? I'm hoping so, but I might not be able to see it until Monday, unfortunately. Uh, shame on you indeed. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, I will be able to see it this weekend, so... Uh, definitely looking forward to it, and I'll definitely share my thoughts on the movie itself. And as for uh, everyone else out there, if you have your thoughts on Spider-Man Homecoming and how well you think the movie's going to be or how good the movie is, if you've gone and seen it already, share us your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Also as well, Humanic Media, PopCultureCosmos, and GameSource on Facebook and Twitter as well. Well, like I said, it's going to be a great episode we have for you tonight. Uh, also, we've got going on, the, like I said, the controversy with CBS and Hawaii Five O, the NBA winners and losers so far in free agency, and then also our thoughts. Maybe we'll rethink the DC versus Marvel Cinematic Universe landscape. But first, we've got a great song coming right here from Moy Navarro. It's available on his YouTube page. Check it out. It's Reveal, and it's right now on the PCC Multiverse. Don't look me in the eye to tell me what to say. You're my only friend. I keep pushing you away. I want to know the truth. Even if it hurts, I'll show you my broken bones. A childhood shattered and exposed. Would you reveal yourself to me? It's old, dwells on bare feet And through the lies and all I've done You forget to give this love that goes on Don't look me in the eye to tell me what to say You're my only friend and I keep pushing you 
Listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Hey everyone, if you're in the Southern California area and are looking for the best way to improve your home, look no further than adding some always green synthetic grass today. Whether it's creating that awesome backyard that's kid and pet friendly, or that punting green to work on your golf game, Always Green provides installation and landscaping with only American made products such as their famous synthetic turf with advanced drainage technology and backed by a 15-year warranty that will have your yard looking great for a very long time. Always Green also installs retaining walls, custom lighting and driveways, and the most beautiful stone walkways. So if you live in the Southern California area, what are you waiting for? Financing is also available, so call for a free estimate today. 714-614-7814. That's 714-614-7814. Or stop by their store at 16772 Wanda Circle in Huntington Beach and get your home looking great with Always Green Synthetic Turf and Putting Greens. A proud sponsor of Pop Culture Cosmos, Humanican Media, and the PCC Multiverse Channels. Hey everyone, check out what happened recently on the Pop Culture Cosmos Show and the PCC Multiverse. They've done a great job with a great series of books entitled Syndicate Wars. And I have two of the authors here today. I have George Mahaffey and Justin Sloan. 
since we're building this big universe, you can just get into this and have something to keep going with, you know? It's not just you read a book or two and you're done, but you can have a whole world that you read the six books, you love it, you get into the next series of books, you love it, and you can just keep going. The great hope is that we will be able to bring it all together, but we've sort of mapped out how we're gonna be able to bring sort of everybody together. That's our great hope. That would be awesome if we could do that. For the latest interviews, opinions, reviews, and analysis on everything pop culture, Check out the Pop Culture Cosmo Show, Mondays, 10.30 Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Pacific, and the PCC Multiverse, Fridays, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, on the Podcast Radio Network. Or subscribe today on over a dozen streaming and downloading options. And we're back with PCC Multiverse. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate you being part of the broadcast here today. I just want to tell everybody out there, if you cannot catch our first airing on the podcast radio network that's no problem whether it's the pcc multiverse or the pop culture cosmos show you can check out our show available for download or streaming on the following networks the tangent network the eso network the gunna geek network player.fm overcast.fm ace podcast network itunes podcast.com stitcher mixed cloud google play Tune in, and I'll tell you what, and also if you want to go to our home site, popculturecosmos.wordpress.com, you can also check out our latest episodes there as well. And if you do stream or download those podcasts from those stations, hey, we're going to throw in some bonus material just for listening. Well, Josh, did you hear what CBS actually said recently as far as letting in their decision to not meet the contractual demands for uh, co-stars, longtime co-stars of the series, uh, as far as the co-stars for a series, did you get a chance to uh, read up a little bit more on that? I have not. So, I what what is going on? If you wouldn't mind explaining it to me a little bit. All right. Well, it looks like it, you know, in preparation for season eight, that uh, stars uh, Grace co-stars. I, I don't know. If, they're they're actually they've been they're now so intertwined with the actual show that uh, you might as well just say they are stars along with uh, uh, the the two leads that have been there for so long as well. Uh, Daniel Day Kim and Grace Park leave because they just cannot come to contractual uh, terms with CBS and the producers of Hawaii Five O. They wanted to be paid in equal. Uh, at, with uh, Scott Kahn and Alex O'Loughlin uh, because now they become so intertwined in the show. And I, I agree, I'm not a super fan of the show by any stretch of the imagination, but I do catch occasional shows when it's either on CBS or TNT. And I have seen as far as from the older episodes uh, to now in the different seasons that they have become more and more relied upon as far as their characters and the storylines are concerned. Uh, so much so that they've put both of them up in hiatus in the air as far as their character is concerned on things that they're going to be up and doing at the end of the last season. And now it looks, well, it looks like definitely that, they're, that their characters will not be returning because they will not be returning and they'll probably get some, some new actors in there. But I ask you, is this a case of, of incorrect decision made by CBS not seeing as far as... The, maybe the the best way to handle this because I I think they're they're worth the money because they've now are such an integral part of the television program and I think the 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 Hawaii Five O's time is limited 
because of it. And I just think that uh, it's another case where uh, you 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 know it just leads to more speculation regarding uh, ethnic issues and and regards to to more whitewashing complaints. And in this case, I, I I see it pretty much fairly validated. What are your thoughts? Yeah, you have to be really careful of that these days. I. I don't. I haven't seen the show. I've seen the trailers for it. But like, when you have characters, I mean, uh, ethnicity or not, like when you have characters who become an integral part of the storyline, and then all of a sudden they're just gone. They, they, you know, they write them out in some weird way. Not only is it is it's kind of offensive to the fans, but it's blatantly obvious in the ways that they do it, and it's it's sad. So it. it I guess is it's a money thing is, is what it sounds like. I don't know if that's the, uh, especially because this is my thing with television shows, television, cable networks, especially like these shows, it's they're dying. Like the t cable television is slowly dying. So if, if you take the few things that people actually like about these, the characters and you take them out, like that's just one more excuse for people to not watch television anymore and say Hawaii, 5.0 is the one show you watch each week that's going to turn you off of it and you're just going to go find like a digital service or a subscription service to start watching that because i know like other shows like csi and bones like those were really like the last shows that people really watched each each night and now that those are over people aren't really watching tv that much anymore am i correct in thinking that well, NCIS had its large numbers worldwide. Uh, once CSI started to wane, NCIS took over as far as that realm. They're even on a, a downslide as far as from what they were recent, you know, in, in the recent past. Uh, the Walking Dead, which garnered huge ratings, uh, you know, as far as it was the most watched show on, uh, I guess you consider broadcast television, even though it's a cable programming. Um, it was the regular, you know, that, and it, it still is to an extent, but even their numbers have sharply declined. Uh, it's just, I don't know. It just seems like these, these networks make these decisions and, and don't realize the, imp they, they pretty much have with that decision have killed off Hawaii five Oh, I don't see good numbers from, from Hawaii five Oh at this point forward. This is Alex O'Loughlin, who's the star of it. Uh, this is his last contractual season, and and he's uh, rumored to probably not come back, even if the show gets renewed. So at this point in time, it looks like uh, not a good sign for those who actually liked Hawaii Five O uh, for so many years. Uh, I I don't know. It just to me, it's it's like I said, a show I've not regularly watched over a period of time, uh, I, but I have watched sporadic episodes, and I've seen the involvement of those two characters in particular from where they were in the beginning and how much they were relied upon and how much on-screen camera time. You notice, uh, if you looked at an old episode, you notice uh, as far as how much is there and how much they're on screen as opposed to now in the latest episodes that they're commanding and demanding so much more uh, screen time as far as their characters are concerned. So it's definitely a, a very disconcerting to me indeed seeing how, seeing as how I think that they deserve equal pay as the other two actors actors that are on the show. What are your thoughts on Hawaii 5.0 and CBS's decision to, I guess, not extend the contracts and, and make them on a level as the other two stars uh, and the decisions made in regards to Grace Park and Daniel Day Kemp. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Is this another case where you know uh, ethnicity has gotten in the way? 
or do you think this is just a poor business decision or or what have you let's just try and get that dialogue out there to see see uh, your thoughts share us with us pop culture cosmos at yahoo.com also as well pop culture cosmos humanica media and game source on facebook and twitter as well when we come back we're going to be playing a clip from the latest Super BS Gamescast. And right after that, we're going to be talking. Uh, Josh is going to quiz me on some of the uh, NBA free agency winners and losers. Uh, and we're going to be talking about that right after the break and right after the cut from the Super BS Gamescast. This is a PCC multiverse. Rob McCallum Films is back in 2017 with a vengeance. This year, we're set to release Power of Grayskull, the definitive history of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, which chronicles the ultimate 80s billion-dollar franchise, Masters of the Universe. See exclusive interviews and hear untold stories from the people responsible for creating the world of Eternia, a place full of magic and science, and learn about the craft of creating action figures and animation. Power of Grayskull drops this year and is just one of our many projects at Rob McCallum Films. Super. Super. Nintendo announced the mini SNES Classic. Mm -hmm. What's going on with that, Jake? Yeah, they uh, they just announced it, but and it has a pretty nice. What's it cost? It, it's supposed to uh, MSRP at it was eighty dollars. Eighty? That's not bad. Yeah, but you know it's not going to. Well, it will MSRP that if you get. It, no, it'll, 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 it's suggested retail is eighty dollars. But remember what happened with the oh. NES well, Classic? Well, yeah, it's going to be selling it for like one hundred fifty bucks and. Well, I'm going to try to depending on where you yeah, go. I'm going to try to buy one just yeah. so I can buy a house in Orange County, man. Buy one, sell it, trade it for a house in Orange County. Uh, <laughs> And that's the Super BS Gamescast. Catch all their great episodes today on the Humanica Media YouTube, Podbean, and Podcast.com channels. And we're back with the PCC Multiverse. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate you being part of the broadcast here today. If by any chance you miss out on, on this show, hey, it's no problem. We've also got Pop Culture Cosmos show every Monday night, 10.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Pacific on the Podcast Radio Network. We are also available for download and streaming on over 12 different streaming and downloadable channels. But we've also got a great new show, Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. I'm actually recording new stuff specifically for the show, so I, I, I'm not 100% positive what's going to be on it. I know it's kind of like how the uh, writers of South Park write the show literally two hours before it goes on the air, but it, it'll be some good stuff, so I promise you guys uh, check it out. You'll love it. Well, that's great indeed. Uh, definitely looking forward to that. As it hits the airwaves, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, every Tuesday night, Humanica Media Show, as far as probably going to be renamed in some form or fashion, but it is uh, all new original content mixed in with some of the great stuff that you can find on Humanica Media every Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific on the podcast radio network. If you haven't heard our great conversation with our one of our MBA experts, Anthony Barberin, you got to check that out in one, one of the previous episodes of the Pop Culture Cosmos. He had some pointed comments indeed as the 
just about ready to begin on free agency. But now that it's well underway, there's lots of decisions made. Hey, Gerald, what's going on with the NBA free agency? Tell us about it. Well, I will tell you indeed. And by the way, I want everybody to get a chance out there to to check out all the great stuff that's going on with Inside Sports on their Facebook network, indeed. But as far as NBA free agency, there's been a lot of uh, great signings. I know 2016 was a banner year as far as for the salary cap as a whole, spiking up to to a really uh, a really high level, which caused a lot of teams, some of which were were not the best teams in the world, but offering gobs of money to players that really didn't meet their standards. Obviously, the Lakers, uh, who are near and dear to my hearts, obviously got burned not only once but twice uh, with Timofey Mozgov and Nual Dang. Saw that as far as last year and and held their money back a little bit. The the Boston Celtics, you know, it still hurts me to say this because, uh, you know, obviously that runs deep between Boston and the Lakers, but Boston Celtics uh, obviously getting a, a coup in getting Gordon Hayward from the Utah Jazz signing for four years and $128 million. That's a great signing, but is it enough to put them over the top as far as in the East? Not necessarily because, yes, they were the number one team in the East, but they still had a lot of work to get done because comparatively in the playoffs when they were matched up against the Cleveland Cavaliers, they they fell down, they fell down hard. They're a little bit more prepared, and if especially if Cleveland gets some injuries, they, they could actually be thought of as a favorite. But at this point in time, there's still a little tick behind, so there's still more work left to do for Danny Ainge and the rest of the Boston Celtics. When we go about looking at some of the best deals that are out there, I, I think probably the best way to say it is the rich got richer. When you consider Chris Paul going to the Houston Rockets, yes, I know it was a trade, but it was a trade he was going to facilitate via free agency. Him going in that mix, uh, I'm, it's maybe not the perfect blend, but definitely when you have two talents like him and James Harden, that's definitely going to be something to to look forward to. Obviously, Paul George getting traded to Oklahoma City. That was a great coup. And then everybody talks about uh, Jimmy Butler going to, to Minnesota being a great coup as well. But when it comes to free agency, I think Golden State, the rich get richer because they had a lot of great signings by signing their own players that they, uh, some of them were rumored to, to be heading elsewhere for, for bigger contracts, but yet they were able to retain their core players. Their first, their, their first seven players. In fact, their first eight players off the bench were, were retained. And they also added Nick young and Omar Caspi to the realm as far as additional three point shooting and, and solid defensive work indeed. So, so I tell you what, uh, it looks even tougher this time around, and and a lot of teams uh, on the West really made out with Paul Millsap going to Denver, uh, and just really just the only team I could see in the West that didn't, didn't make out so far at this point was Utah, obviously losing Gordon Hayward, and that's twenty one points off your your you know your scoring out there, and so that's really going to be hitting them hard, and an all star player that that's moving east. Uh, maybe you're seeing the landscape of everybody beefing up in the West with with even the Clippers after they lost Paul getting Danilo Gallinari and and trying to see if they can load up with with some talent in, in his stead. So definitely looking OK, even lesser teams like Sacramento Kings getting, uh, you know, some some decent players uh, at uh, decent length contracts, nothing too outlandish per se with George Hill. 
Vince Carter and Zach Randolph, getting some solid veterans to hopefully get that that young group, that young core indeed a little bit uh, up and in the right direction. So the West really made out this year with a lot of quality signings. In the East, it's not so simple because uh, after the Hayward signing, there's a little bit left to be desired. But some recent signings, which included uh, signing Tim Hardaway Jr. for the Knicks, that for four years, seventy million dollars plus. That was uh, that's going to be a head scratcher. Uh, he did have a a good year this year, but uh, this is the same player who New York Knicks traded away in 2015 for for backup point guard. So. Definitely not something that, that I don't know, uh, just uh, kind of makes your head scratch a little bit, especially this late in free agency when you probably could have got them at a, bit, at a much cheaper price. Uh, Miami made some signings with uh, Kelly Olenek, uh, James Johnson, and Deion Waiters, uh, each for four years. So you're pretty much locked into a same core for four years that maybe at best could get you like a seventh or eighth seed, maybe not much higher. So... I don't know why they locked themselves into mediocrity like this, especially with 2018 looking much better as far as free agency is concerned with LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, Paul George, uh, and so many others all possibly going back into free agency. So definitely uh, kind of puzzling there on, on Miami's end in, indeed. And I don't know, just some – it looks like the, the balance has, has shifted even farther west, and, and the Western Conference looks like uh, it's going to be pretty tough to to make it in the playoffs uh, as far as for the first eight to, to ten teams could really, really be very, very solid and, and could probably do very well if they were placed in the east. Right. So who who do you think, if, if you're to say who won? Who won? Uh, with free agency, I have to say it's Golden State by not only making themselves uh, the same as far as the, the same championship team that they have and they're bringing back virtually the, uh, all the key players there, but they're, they made themselves even by, uh, they made themselves even stronger by adding in Nick Young, Swaggy P, uh, and also as well Omar Caspi for some extra three-point shooting. And, and those two will definitely be motivated since they were on losing teams and uh, especially in Omar Caspi's case, because he is the longest tenured player never to be in the playoffs. So to think if he has a chance to get to the playoffs, much less the finals, he's going to be a very motivated player indeed. So, and a lot of times that's what it takes, whether in the last year of the contract or they're finally on a winning team after so long. You can see a motivated edge with some of these players from time to time, and I definitely think I might see that with Omar Caspi and Nick Young indeed. Uh, and I just, like I said, that in this case, it's a rich get richer. And I guess to me, it's a murderous row of, of a lot of individuals. Although I will say San Antonio, which kind of stood pat on it for most of the free agency, made a highly questionable decision in signing Rooney Gay recently. Uh, that was for two years. Uh, also him walking away from 15 plus million dollars. That was uh, a kind of a strange decision only to get a two-year deal for pretty much the same amount. So he he lost out on that money. They signed him uh, with Sacramento. They signed him with, uh, sec- excuse me, San Antonio signed him for two years for pretty much the same amount. Uh, he's just coming off an Achilles t- tendon tear. So who knows if he'd be ready for the season and who knows if he'll be effective at this point in time. He's past 30. So 
Usually uh, Achilles tendon injuries really do a number on, on NBA players. Just ask Kobe Bryant and just ask so many others who have occurred the injury. And to do it after the age of 30, it makes it even worse indeed. So that was a little bit of a head-scratching move, seeing how they already have a, uh, a top uh, small forward and a power forward already. What are your thoughts out there on NBA free agency? Uh, there's some really some good moves that were made that are out there, or, or do you think there's a, there was just a lot of money being thrown around for no good reason? I don't think it was bad as last year. I think there was a lot of uh, contracts last year that really made you go, wow, that was a total waste of money. And uh, obviously it cost a lot of people their jobs last year with kind of uh, substandard performances that were made. And I think it's representative as such. But this year was a little bit better and a little bit more controlled. I think uh, even some teams like the Lakers uh, and, and Philadelphia are looking forward to – you know, by signing, let's you know, Philadelphia signed JJ Redick for only a year, and and also Amir Johnson for a year. Looking for that 2018 free agency, and I think that's smart at this point in time for teams like that. What are your thoughts on NBA free agency? Who won? Who lost? How did your team do? Please let us know. Pop Culture Cosmos at Yahoo.com. Also as well, Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Manica Media, and Inside Sports on Facebook and Twitter as well. This is Travis from Ghost Coasters, and you're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos Podcast. If you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games, we can help. Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada, only five minutes from the Las Vegas Strip, has all your favorite gaming staples, classics, and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves. Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games. And we're back at the PCC Multiverse. My name is Gerald Glassford from the Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. Well, Josh, uh, did you see the recently that how well that Wonder Woman is doing? It's it's garnered well over seven hundred million dollars worldwide, and it is fast approaching uh, as far as the numbers are concerned. What uh, you know, previous iterations in the DC extended universe, Man of Steel, and also Batman versus Superman. Do you re- do you see how well it's doing on its numbers? Yeah, I've been I've been watching those. Uh, I've been reading the articles and watching the numbers. It's it's interesting. I it's not unexpected. I've almost this is probably the first time a movie has made that much money that's actually deserved to make that much money, uh, with the exception of Man of Steel, which was actually a very good movie. I know people disagree with me on that, but yeah, this movie. Hey, go Wonder Woman. I mean, that's this is like the the true like break into. This is the first DC movie that's been done right since since man of steel so good for her good for them well i want to ask you what are the thoughts out there from the general consumers out there the general listeners the general audience out there in regards to the dc universe versus the marvel universe i know we've shared our thoughts many times on the show between the two well what are your what do you think the 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 regular you know the 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 average Joe out there, what do you think, what do you think they're, they're thinking as far as those two movie universes are concerned? It's, it's a very, very weird split between them. Cause people, I know people who, who hated 
Man of Steel hated Batman vs Superman Suicide Squad. Absolutely loved One Woman. Called it called it the best DC movie yet, and called it better than said it was better than most of the Marvel movies they've seen recently. I think they're they're two different tones, two different types of fans. I think with these movies though, unless you are an avid comic book fan, it's really just a flavor of the week. It's it's whatever whatever is trending, whatever people are talking about, you're going to go that they go and see that movie. And it, it's really a back and forth type thing. So say Spider-Man, which has been getting really great reviews. It's going to, uh, people are going to go watch it this week and they're going to be like, okay, that was the best comic book movie I've ever seen. And they're going to completely forget about Wonder Woman. So it's really just a flavor of the week thing. Personally, I, I don't like either franchise better than the other one. I I like to see the takes on each each character and how they handle it. The the whole like dark versus uh versus comedic thing doesn't really matter to me. It's it's a different take for both both uh, things. The DC universe is a lot darker, and it's sometimes that's refreshing to see, but sometimes it's it's funny to see you know what Marvel's doing. But yeah, for most people who aren't comic book fans, I think it's just a flavor of the week type thing. Well, I will say this, that the general consumers out there, I the, the feeling I get is that they think much higher of the Marvel Universe as I do in, as far as their track record is concerned than the DC Universe. But I read an interesting article the other day uh, when in concerns with the uh, DC versus Marvel Universe. And four movies in into each, guess who you would think has the, has the upper hand? Uh, you would think Marvel, I guess, is what you want me to say? Yes, okay. but actually it is DC uh, with the success of Wonder Woman. Um, all, f- you know, the, the four movies combined, the DC Extended Universe has now garnered over $3 billion, which at this point, comparatively speaking, four movies into the Marvel Universe, they had not reached the $3 billion mark as of, uh, you know, as of that time. Now, obviously they have because... You know, Avengers, Ultron, and and so many other movies have have pushed that over the uh, the edge many times over. But at that point, four movies in, which was I believe um, Iron Man, The Incredible Hulk, Captain America, and the first Thor. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, wait. Say that again one more time. Um, Iron Man. Then came The Incredible Hulk. And then Thor, Thor. or Iron Man 2, and then Thor. Iron Man 2? Okay, Iron Man, Thor, and then, okay, so Captain America was number five. Yeah, Captain America was the last one before the first Avengers. Okay, so that's okay. So it's Iron Man 2 and then uh, Thor. So with those four movies, not counting Captain America, they had not reached $3 billion. So on a box office standpoint, you have to say, uh, you know, going into each each realm that that DC has a leg up, but in perception wise, uh, you know, Marvel obviously now has the leg up hand over fist over the, the actual, what the DC representation, uh, you know, has made up. But now with wonder woman doing so well, you think the focus and and the, everybody's viewpoint of, of universe versus universe has changed or is going to be maybe changing in the future with justice league, uh, coming out, Thor Ragnarok coming out, Black Panther, the Infinity Wars, and then all that good stuff coming on a long way from DC as well. Uh, I I think that it'll do well just because it's a it's a new take, uh, not on the characters themselves, but as 
as far as the comic book movie is concerned. I think with Marvel, we've we've been with it for five or five, four or five years now, five or six years now. It's been a it's been a while since the first Iron Man came out. We've kind of nine years. Nine years, yeah. So we've explored this. We've been exploring this universe for a really long time, and it's been fun. It's been a good ride. I think Spider-Man will kind of refresh it, and I know uh, Infinity War is going to kind of close off this 22 movie arc that they've created, and then uh, you know who knows what's going to be after that. But with um, with DC, it's kind of we haven't seen a lot from them yet. We haven't seen, we haven't been following them for all these years. Well, we have, but they've just been very slow about putting their movies out. So I think DC is going to pick up a lot of steam, especially if Justice League is successful. And what comes after that could be, you know, it could take a lot of people who are fans of the Marvel films could be switching over that. They'll, they'll probably see both, but I think that there will be more interest in DC now that Marvel's kind of uh, established itself and people might be getting tired of that style of movie. Well, I think for me, it's just I, what I've seen is I think it was, it was uh, fresh what Marvel was doing back in the day with, with Iron Man leading into, you know, the incredible Hulk, the incredible Hulk, you know, having that little short little teaser at the end that that associated Iron Man and the rest of the Avengers initiative and then going on with with spoilers sorry uh, Iron Man 2 and then also Thor as well and getting into that realm and connecting the dots in that that fashion we had never seen really anything like that before and in such a coordinated fashion to tell a bigger story and a bigger narrative over so many different pieces now that dc is doing it and at first i know man of steel you, you said you liked uh but at first had some real stumbling blocks uh especially last year with batman versus superman and suicide squad which set the series back so far as far as the dc universe in fact you know at some point in time you know many people like myself were just saying to end it all at that point in time because it looked like it was not going to to uh work out but uh, the Wonder Woman has totally shaped my mind in a different fashion on on where I think it could go because uh, Wonder Woman was nice, such a nice fresh change of pace as far as the, from the rest of the DC realm, and I'm just looking forward to Justice League, a uh, first time in a while that I, I've been looking forward to a a superhero film like Justice League. And that's all a credit to Wonder Woman because Wonder Woman's been so been so uh, uh, well received, and it was did you know obviously they can check out uh, you know our thoughts on it as well on, on previous pro podcasts and whatnot. So definitely, uh, it's it's a great sign indeed for the DC universe. We're truly happy that that now that people have some great familiarity and, and want to actually go and see DC films and. When the truth comes out, box office numbers don't lie. It looks like at this point in time that, that DC might even have the leg up on Marvel four movies in. Now, mind you, that's four movies in. Now, talk about the rest of the series as a whole. That you got to give Marvel the edge because they've been able to coordinate everything through the good and the bad and, and uh, had certainly had its high points and low points, but definitely more high points than low points indeed. So definitely uh, uh, the Marvel Universe has is going to win out at this point in time overall because they've, they've done so well in, in the coordinating of all these movies together and trying to tie them all in obviously leading up like you said to the infinity wars so i'm, I'm definitely looking forward to to that and 
where will the Justice League go as far as is that going to lead to even something bigger for them as well? We're going to have to check that out or, or are we going to like, you know, it's been talked about with Cyborg and Aquaman and, and the Flash, uh, more introduction movies from them before you get to something bigger. That's a possibility as well. What are your thoughts on the DC versus the Marvel Cinematic Universes? You want to hear your thoughts? Do you like DC now, or or do you did you always like DC, or do you like Marvel still more than DC, or you know because it's going to be this ongoing battle in regards to this this never ending uh, conversation in regards to which movie universe is better. Uh, share us your thoughts, Pop Culture Cosmos at Yahoo.com, also as well. Pop Culture Cosmos, Humanican Media, and Game Source on Facebook and Twitter as well. And we do also want to share our condolences and our thoughts out to uh, Stan Lee, obviously so integral part of Marvel Comics, who who lost his wife recently as well. Want to want to pay our respects and and from human everybody, Humanican Media, Game Source, and Pop Culture Cosmos, our deepest sympathies as well. All right, it's been a great broadcast indeed. Josh, any last thoughts on what's going on with Humanic Media or our show, what we were talking about? Any last thoughts on the way out? No, man. Um, if you guys could do us a huge favor and go on iTunes and actually leave us a review, that would actually be incredibly helpful to us. If you enjoy listening to our show, which I hope you do. And, and but... subscribe if you like us. Yes, if you like us, subscribe so you get the latest uh, uh, podcast on, on iTunes or any one of our subscriber channels. But iTunes obviously is the big big one and the most accessible, so that would be greatly appreciated. Yeah, and reviews are kind of the currency of the realm for us podcasters, so we would love to have a review from you guys. So, for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise here in the PCC multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourselves a great this has been a broadcast of the ESO Network, your station for all things geek, classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at ESONetwork.com. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. TangentBoundNetwork.com. Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos as a special treat. We're adding a bonus episode which starts right now. So sit back and relax as you enjoy more awesome goodness from the Pop Culture Cosmos family. And stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Super, 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 super. BS. We are back. This is Brank here, reporting for duty. Jank. And today, we are missing our dank. He's on medical leave. Prayers and thoughts go to him. And we got a special guest for a couple weeks. Who's this going to be? Uh, I guess I'm going to have to go with Stank. Stank. I was about to say Banksy. Because that's, uh, that's not... No one's taking that right now. My podcasting is 
purely inspired by Banksy, so maybe I should go with Banksy. This is a pro-Banksy podcast, okay? <laughs> We're here to talk about Banksy, anime, <laughs> land, and tales. Can you be Bank the Stank? Bank the Stank. I, I could be, I could, what about Stank Bank? Stank Bank is good. We can't take all of them in case we have other <laughs> I have, so dirty. I have other completely unrelated names, too. Like, okay. I want to be Brian as well. I want to be B5 <laughs> Turbington, throwback to Brank's... Uh... Everybody knows that one. They were all there at the Dota match, and B5 Turbington won the internationals, man. Dota oh, man. 2 championships. <laughs> B5 Turbington was there, man. I remember. I got those shirts, too. Um, anyways, <clears throat> let's kick this bad boy off. It's been a little bit since we talked to you. We've had some junks Whoa, going first on. Of all, first of all, do you guys hear that, that new audio quality that we yeah. got going on? We got a friend back there uh, you're, making cricket noises. Yeah, <laughs> you're actually hearing us in 3D right now. Yeah, we have a professional cricketeer yeah. in the back. <laughs> he, uh, he does cricket noises I mean, and we, other ambient sounds. We're paying him by the hour, too, so we better get on with this. This is uh, we need to do a couple Patreons after this, man. Get all of our support to pay for this career. Need more crickets. <laughs> we don't want to be one of those people who don't use bespoke organic crickets, okay, and use oh. their audio that's already pre-cut. Um, well, they're good luck too. And you guys talk about video games a lot. So. Yeah, we talk about video games and good luck and Mulan. And Mulan, um, they're all kind of the same. They're all in one they're umbrella. All same genre. The same genre. So, Jink, what have you been playing? Um, I've been playing Halo Wars still, which I don't know. <laughs> okay, no, 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 no. Let, let, me Wars you, let me tell you about this, okay? No, he's back to Halo Wars 1. I, I, got, I got the Definitive Edition, came with Halo Wars okay, 2. Yeah. Both games are terrible. Like I I, uh, my, I disagree. <laughs> Halo Wars 1 is actually a lot of fun. Even I play Halo Wars 1. Halo Wars yeah. 1, it, it's fun, but I hate being timed on things. I can't sit yeah. there. I, I hate timed missions. Like I, so this was my plan. I was like, I hate challenges. I, <laughs> I don't like anything that I can't beat the first time. I don't even want to play it anymore. <laughs> Millennial gamer. Millennial gamer. But I did uh, order up some of those Sega games. You know what Sega games? The Sega Forever games that they released on iOS. Nice. And oh. it reminded me exactly why I hate Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> you should be buying the same. Yeah, of course you buy the worst emulator. No, 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 they only why released, do you buy this on they, iOS? No, no, no. They released four of them, at, and they're free. Yeah. Uh, just so you know, we don't have a video <laughs> podcast anymore, but James Rapp's counsel has five <laughs> You thought like it was a cartoon idiot. for a second. <laughs> uh, four of them. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so you... But they're free. We're talking about so how much we love iOS on this yeah, podcast. So you guys know. know. I, as your listener, I know. We, we love, got the producer, man. <laughs> he's here, the one listener. We do it for him, and he's our guest. Stank bank. So continue with Wait, what you've been playing. So, so do, we, do we lose a listener now since our only listener is actually on the show? We're hoping by gaining a member, a contributor. I'm going to listen to this afterwards. <laughs> yeah. It evens okay. out. All right. Yeah. Make sure you listen to it on YouTube and mm. podcast.com so it... And don't so, listen to it on iTunes. If I'm okay. listening to it on YouTube, do I have to wear a blindfold so I don't see it? Yeah. Okay, so I just we listen? Have, we yes. have just an audio. <laughs> so press press play, open up another browser, and then okay. press play again. Got it. Okay. I could do that. Just so we oh, do. we're going yeah. to monetize this so much. Yeah. Uh, our main favorite thing is we've talked about with YouTubers and monetization. Yeah. We we're going to talk um, about YouTube personalities tonight, right? That's the only thing we've, we've never PC talked culture. about before. PC culture. Well, we will be talking about PC culture, like what type of like master PC gaming race. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Um, so, anything else to complain? No, just that. But let me complain about iOS games for a second. Okay. Mm. Do you know Never when, when you get so <laughs> we get so into an iOS game and Mm-mm. your fingers get sweaty nope. and you start smearing your fingerprints all over the screen <laughs> and the buttons no longer work. Nope. 
No? So it's like a nice layer of, of thumb sweat, and you can no longer press the buttons, and Sorry. it's just... You can't play Sonic after I'm that. a normal person who does what the yeah. Lord commands and doesn't play iOS games, okay? Like a stupid, <laughs> that, dumb that monkey. The, the 11th commandment, <laughs> thou shall not the, play phone games. This is where Nintendo really, I think, shines, where they give you those gamer tips, like, now it's a good time to take a break. <laughs> uh, I think, those I think are, should, you could benefit from that, job. They yeah. should. Yeah. <laughs> well, don't, don't say it's really. Edit that out, please. Whoa. I think Apple should sell thumb wipes just for iOS gamers. Yeah, I, uh, um, we'll pretend, uh, we'll edit this whole part out, so, yeah. <laughs> you play Halo Wars like a normal human being, and then you stop playing video games as a whole. Good. Wait, so what games did you buy? What, what are those? Forever? No, oh, yeah, Sega games? Forever. So they're going to be releasing oh, five Sega games per month, and they're going to be free. And so I, I downloaded, <laughs> I downloaded Sonic, I downloaded Crazy Taxi, I got... Well, Crazy Taxi awesome. Um, it's an Offspring soundtrack. So does it have okay. the Offspring soundtrack? Yes, yes it does. It's the one I was on Dreamcast. They got it with a licensed yeah. soundtrack, though, because there's been lots of remakes without that song. The whole thing, and I got... That's the whole reason why you play that game. We're going to put that song on here, we definitely won't have to pay a penny. <laughs> okay, so definitely got, don't have a lawyer on. I got, I got <laughs> Sonic 1, I got Crazy Taxi, I got Sonic CD, I got Comic Zone, oh, man, Sonic all Dash. Oh, and Kid Chameleon and Sonic Man, Boom. I wish I was you Oof. that I could play these games on my phone because I mean, I'm sure they handle really well. I just like to have options, you know. Oh man, does it have uh, Shining Force? No, it doesn't. Well, then Did I don't. Did you not wanna... just hear what I said? Yeah, I don't care. Did it say Shining Force or Shining Force Two? It said neither of them. Uh, I didn't hear any of those titles. Uh, is that Fantasy Star Two? No. Okay, then uh, we don't care about that. Stank Bank. What you mm. been blanking? Aka playing. Um. So the last game I played. Seriously, which was yesterday, which was yesterday. <laughs> Actually, it was about a week ago. I and he played for twenty four hours, guys. Don't worry, he's a pro real gamer. A pro real gamer. <laughs> this is uh, what he does for a living. Check him out yeah, which minus. Uh, the Stank Bank was playing some WoW. Um, I had a nice. very serious WoW career in my high school and in college years. He's still in high school. Don't listen to him. He says he's older. We're all young <laughs> high school chaps. <laughs> me, me and WoW were married pretty pretty steady for for several years. Uh, I still um, I still have infrequent trysts with WoW every so often. Like, every six months I have a WoW bug that I have to satisfy. Nice. Um, have it's been a playing disease, me. so... so <laughs> it is definitely Question for you. When you're not playing, do you still pay the monthly fee for it, or do you just... I don't. It? Okay. I do not. Because um, I'm a total cheapskate Scrooge McDuck when it comes to that. And he only plays DuckTales. Hey, he yeah, DuckTales. <laughs> <laughs> they have a remaster for you, man, on Xbox One, PS4. You're going to love it. Disney <laughs> Afternoon Collection. Uh, I heard that was actually good. Month. Yeah, it's, I love that game on NES. Wow, it's a great game, though, now. Wow, is, objectively speaking, it's a great game. It's it's so much these better. These are all lies, lies, okay? Don't listen to them, fan base. <laughs> or don't the Not listener, it. the one listener. <laughs> Who is me? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I played WoW for a couple years when it first came out. Um, so wait, wait, is everybody wait, still wait. fighting? And did you ever play WoW? I, oh, thank you, thank you for asking. <laughs> I really appreciate that. Um, yes, and uh, are people still fighting STV everywhere? Because that's the only thing we all care about. STV is a very serious thing. We don't joke about STVs. Okay, I know. I mean, STVs and string of horn veils. Are people still there fighting? Are you still seeing sixty man fight squads there? Uh, well, they're not just men. Frank. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I discriminate against the orcs and the tauren because they're not humans like us. Sorry, okay. now we're we're devolving into other stuff. Do people still so, do fight? people still fight open world? Yes. Uh, no, largely no. And I don't care. It is a dead thing. Yeah, um, that's kind of how it was going at Lich King. 
Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Did you play again after Lich King ever? I did. That right. that was when I stopped playing seriously after Lich King. I I was continuously subbed all through vanilla and BC. Yeah, BC and, was and awesome. King. Yeah, Crusade was great. Those are all great. Um, obviously, the game is still good. There have been no. a couple rough patches, literally, <laughs> uh, since Lich King to now, um, where the game the game definitely took a, a turn for the worst. But I think what really keeps that game from being its best is just that's waste the time. Well, that's. The, <laughs> I mean, that is a very small portion of what I'm about to say. I think I think it's my ability to give time to something. Yeah. Like the game is intended to be played in three, four, five hour stints. Yeah. With other people. Or fourteen from, hours. Or fourteen hour stints. Yes. Um, and, and when you can't play the game that way, you're just you're just playing it in a way that's unintended, and you're not going to enjoy it the way that it's meant to be played. Well, you need to start living life to the fullest and gain <laughs> to your full potential. All right, we we could talk talking about WoW because I could talk about WoW this whole podcast. But the other <laughs> well, things that I'm playing, I'm playing uh, emulator games with my son. Oh yeah, what games? I'm playing uh, Super Mario World for SNES. And by son, you mean you're a high schooler, so you probably mean younger kid. Younger. I mean I mean the planetary uh, celestial. Uh, that's okay. The sun. <laughs> oh, got it. Okay. He's very mental, guys. Don't worry about it. This guy's insane. We brought him on. You're love him. He just beat Math Blaster last week. <laughs> <laughs> Math Blaster. So, uh, wait. What game were you playing? Super Mario World? Yeah, Super Mario World. What else? Um, Mario Kart 64. Okay. Uh, Good Playing a, play a little DK, or as we call it, Monkey Jungle. Monkey Jungle is the proper, proper <laughs> name. So uh, how does Mario Kart 64 hold up? I've been playing a lot of uh, Mario Kart 8. How's 64? Um, Mario Kart 64 is still really, really good. It's, uh... It's the best one, I think. It I think was so. my favorite, too, but I played it at a party not too long ago, and it was, like, almost impossible to yeah, play. Yeah, you did lose a lot. I remember no, one you mean, I, I was sorry. This is all uncontextualized. We need to... Uh, objection it. hearsay, <laughs> Your Honor. Overruled. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I love Mario 64 still. It, it's also just fun playing it with, with a fresh pair of eyes you know it's, it's fun playing with your son just like sharing a new movie with someone that you that has never seen it I hate that it's like <laughs> so I don't like sharing so it's, what you're saying is it's not like watching Mortal Kombat when you're in elementary school versus watching it as an adult it's exactly like that is what he's saying I think, I think we're on the same wavelength there and he's okay. saying it's like right. doing something that you love and hiding it and keeping it to yourself and mm-hmm. never letting someone else know and never being able to share that with you <laughs> That's exactly what he's saying. What, I, what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, maybe objectively speaking, Mario 64 isn't as great as I think it no, is. No, that's false. Mario's, Mario 64 is amazing. Mario Kart 64. Oh, uh, Mario Mario 64 is almost unplayable. We're gonna have to stop this podcast right now. It's I'm the sorry. camera. <laughs> it's the camera. It's practically a new game. That's one of the few games I can go back and beat over and over and over again. I played it like five or six times since the Wii came mm-hmm. out. Because yeah. it's amazing. Right. Do, okay. Yeah. Do you know what's fun on Nintendo 64? Yes. Bomberman. False. Well, oh. which one? Bomberman Hero Bomber or Bomberman 64? 64. Good. Bomberman Hero is fun, but it's only single player. No Bomberman 64 is like rent fodder uh, when false. nothing it's, else is available. It, it's own fodder slash buy a memory card <laughs> for it fodder because that's the only way you can get your character to keep but his clothing. I, I remember oh, getting beautiful. several hours of joy out of that game. That game is great. Cause several hours of joy. <laughs> that doesn't make it good. Before, before and the then I took it back to Blockbuster. Before the wows of this world. Hollywood video. You couldn't really deck your characters out a lot. Bomberman 64 allowed you to put on sweet capes once right. you found the treasure chest in Bomberman the Bomberman 64 is just a dress-up simulator. And that's why right? I love it. Isn't that what some of you guys say this? <laughs> that is our favorite thing to say. <laughs> it's a top-down shooter. It's a top-down top dress <laughs> It's a top-down dress simulator. It's a, ro- <laughs> it's a roguelike. <laughs> well, 
it was roguelike and roguelikes. Roguelikes, yeah. So, yeah. We gotta be more specific here. I miss you, Dank. <laughs> <laughs> I need him back to defend this stuff. Uh, uh, so I'll talk about what I've been playing since wait, you guys... Wait, wait, been... first, tell me what you've been playing. <laughs> well, this new troll mechanic. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I've been playing a little bit of Cave Story Plus. You guys know Cave Story? Yeah, actually. You do? Yeah, I do. Yeah, 2004 freemium game on the computers. Or actually, freeware. Freemium. Freeware. Um, not freemium. Freemium is pay-to-play yeah. plus, or free-to-play plus. Yeah, pay to plus you'll pay something. And they came out on Wii in 2008. I never picked up that. I finally picked up on PC a couple years ago, or I should say Mac, the better PC. Um, and that's false. Self-breaking PC. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> that's what I meant to say. Um, but yeah, it, it was fun, but I couldn't get into it, and then it came out on the best console of our generation slash the world, Nintendo Sorry, Switch. Sorry, <laughs> I was going to say the Wii U. The Wii U, yeah. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> loves the Wii U. It's Game my Boy. favorite. The thing I love um, about Switches is how easy they are to find. Yeah, I know. How accessible yeah. Nintendo's made them. We definitely don't, we definitely are trying to find one for somebody, and it's definitely not impossible to it's find. Like, we have 20 people that, looking for a Wii. Yes. Really? Yeah. yeah I heard they had a shortage of parts, like... Yeah, they're... Supposedly trying to take parts from Apple for phones or whatever. Like, well, they're, they're ta- I guess because I I never understood this before, but I guess they all manufacture their stuff in the same in China. Places. Yeah, they yeah, do stuff in China. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's it's. You ever heard of it's a country? It's a country. China. Do you <laughs> know things like countries in Asia? In Asia, okay. It's called China. Those all the same place. Nihao. And uh, some of us have lived there, okay, so that's not pandering or offensive. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, my, my Chinese is pretty much limited to rush hours, so I'm pretty much tapped out. Chris Stoker, man, the best teacher of all. Um, <laughs> no, Cave Story's great, though. It's like a Metroid-style game. You're in around, you find parts and upgrades, and it's a lot of fun. It's stupid difficult, so like mm-hmm. I'll play it, and then if I die more than three times, I have to set it down and like just get over it. Just um, cool down, take a walk. Cool down, take a walk, leave. Uh, I think I mentioned this last time. Beat Shante. I, I think I said that last time we played. Uh, Shante was great on so Square Dresser. Shante. No, I mean we haven't um, talked about that over the last three episodes. We did. Uh, yeah, thank you, Jank, for being in. Mm-hmm. Spoilers. Hey, I'm not even Whoa, on those sorry. three episodes. Yet. <laughs> sorry. That's a surprise. Here we're doing a little bit of spoiler territory. Uh, spoiler cast. And I've also I started Horizon Zero Dawn PS4 game. Uh, I know Jank and I know about. Do you know about Banks Dank? What is it called? Stank Banks. Sorry. Stank Banks. Sorry. Oh, you bank oh. stank. Bank stank. I mean, I answered to all. Or steak. <laughs> I just call you steak. Some guy's steak and bacon and he knows what we're talking about. Just, or BS. Or yeah. BS. Oh. What? Super That might be BS. confusing. Yeah, BS. What was the game title oh, though? Um, Horizon Zero Dawn. Horizon oh. Colon Zero Dawn. Uh, sure it's not semicolon? All the English lovers are going to love this out there, man. They're going to get a kick. Um, no, zero, do you know that? Is zero yeah. spelled okay, out? Yeah, or it's, is it... No. So yes, <laughs> yes, zero is spelled out. Um, okay, I just, you know. no, it's cool. It's like an apocalyptic dino runaround yeah. Zelda-esque thing. I didn't play it when it came out because Zelda came out three days later and was way better. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's pretty fun. I'm having a hard time getting into it. Just I don't have a lot of time like sit in front of a TV. So the Switch has been great because it's portable and I'll take it along with me and when I have time I'll just boot it up and shut it down. But it's it's good for, for a AAA title. It's really, really good. And for a AAA title? What do you mean by that? Four AAAs. So it's like, <laughs> there are there are four yeah. AAA titles. That's, 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 that's not the joke I was looking for. <laughs> <laughs> what I meant was, 
Why did you mean it like for AAA? It happens to be good. What did you mean by that? Oh, uh, well, just because there's been kind of a lot of. Well, I guess this year's been different, but in the past there's been a lot of not great AAA titles. Like there was a game called The Order 1886 um, that Sony made, which was like a. It looked really cool. I actually, bought oh, it for that five did bucks. Cool. I heard yeah. that it was good. I just heard it was too short. Yeah, it's it's good. It's not very fun to play, to be honest. But it's really cool to look at, and the story looks cool. And you're like the Order of Lancelot or something like that. Mm-hmm. But it takes place in 1886 London, so it was cool. But I mean, you know, sixty bucks for that style of game just isn't yeah. worth it. So yeah, there's a lot of AAA games that just let you down, like the Assassin's Creed series, and mm-hmm. um, honestly, most of and we, we do bash on them way too much, Sony. But uh, a lot of Sony's <laughs> first-party support before this year was really... I mean, the only ones I can think of that I really liked were Bloodborne and Uncharted 4. Um, otherwise, I didn't care for... Uh, I'm trying to think what else they released, even. Drive Club, that's a AAA like, racing game that looks stupid. Um, I didn't care about uh, The Order. I didn't care for Knack. <laughs> Or uh, the Killzone series, so mm-hmm. this is this is good. It's from the makers of Killzone. That's also another thing. Like uh, Killzone is pretty much when it came out, it was supposed to be the Halo like Killzone killer. Killzone is just a terrible game, though. Yeah, it's not fun. Yeah, it's really not fun. They, they called it the great. Halo killer, yeah. and it just did not. It it did. It, it, killed killed it, it killed itself. It killed itself. We will kill ourselves so, in front of Halo. So all you mean to say is that it was surprising, despite the fact that it was AAA. Yeah, yeah. Like I. I don't. I've been playing a lot of indie games recently, and besides the Nintendo outset stuff, I, I did really like Prey, which was AAA as well. But I didn't buy Dishonored two. I didn't mm-hmm. buy stuff, and I mean, I buy a lot of video games. So AAA, this is like one of the few times where I didn't buy almost every AAA game that came out and played. Mm. So um, Horizon is good. There are a couple other games I missed from the beginning half of the year. Thankfully, we're in the summer drought where nothing is coming out um, after mm-hmm. E three. But uh, there's there's a lot to talk about news wise. There's a bunch of sales going on. There's a bunch of cool stuff that was just announced. So this is a short intro because uh, we don't have any Final Fantasy to talk about. But don't worry, we'll put hey, that in the news. Episode Bronco <laughs> came out. We so. do have some of that to there's talk about. Always Final Sh- Fantasy to talk about. Spoilers. 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 It's like a bakery for spoilers. <laughs> so we're gonna be back. We're gonna take a break real fast. If you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games, we can help. Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada, only five minutes from the Las Vegas Strip, has all your favorite gaming staples, classics, and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves. Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games. We are back. Sorry we had to do the dude, aka live the life. Um, uh, we're back to talk about some news this week. There's been some rad butts, aka stuff that's been going on. <laughs> <laughs> Look at your reason for a word right there. And that's what hey, butts is the main word. <laughs> butts. Uh, if you want to find us, go to butts.com or butts.butts. I mean, uh, don't, don't actually go there because <laughs> you, to butts. you won't find us. <laughs> <laughs> if we get that, if we get that URL though, then they find us. <laughs> So we just got to get some money to buy that URL. That URL. <laughs> That's the we're never gonna buy Super BS. Let's just get that out of the way. But we will buy a bunch of other funny ones that link to us. Um, <laughs> hey, <laughs> real talk. Real um, talk. 
favorite game of earlier of this podcast, the thing that kicked us off, Final Fantasy XV. Um, Dank is missing out right now big time because we got a new episode. Episode Prompto, everyone's favorite character, the loud mouth, the talkative one. What do you guys think about him? I know you didn't get to play it, Stank Bank, but uh, you probably heard his talk. His, like He's the snappy, he, selfie guy. He didn't yeah. annoy me as much as he annoyed everybody else. Yeah, I didn't mind him either. I, I thought he was kind of cool. He had his moments where I was like, dude, just... They're trying too hard with his dialogue, but it didn't bother. <laughs> I just me. want to kiss. It, it didn't bother me. There's <laughs> <laughs> just some moments where I was like, yeah. "Not just kiss so him." Yeah. Like, no, seriously, this this tension is killing me. <laughs> There's a lot of sexual tension in that game. So, so why do people hate him, and why do people uh, love? Just him? so you know how, like, in animes and like JRPGs, and they the always world. have and the world. They have that one character who's always just like super talkative, and he says mm-hmm. he's and like the the comedic Reno. Type guy, yeah, 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 okay. That's 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 prompto. Yeah, okay. and he's also like he takes selfies and he's like taking pictures while you uh, play, and yeah. So a lot of people hate him, but um, <laughs> from what I heard about the the DLC is because he has guns. He's the main. He's the only character in the game who uses guns. Um, mm-hmm. It plays like third person shooter, so it's actually oh, pretty fun. It, it reminds me of Dirge of Cerebrus. Did you play? Yeah, and Cerber Cer. Cerberus. You, hey, you know what I can <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> took me a long time to get that out. <laughs> Cerberus, hey, can you uh, tell us how to pronounce that in the chat, please? Oh, oh wait. We don't have a chat. Uh, chat. Link, <laughs> hey, chat, please uh, tell Jank that we do have a chat. Yeah, uh, <laughs> link please. that below, too. <laughs> <laughs> can someone please link the, the uh, uh, proper pronunciation? So you, wait, you already played it? Yeah. I, you didn't I, mention I, this. We talked about what we played. You lied to us. <laughs> Sorry, listenership. Sorry, uh, I, have a I, I played it for less than five minutes. I got it last I night. I don't and care. It downloaded. It finally finished about midnight. So yeah. I was like, oh, sure. is, is it a DLC or is it a separate it's game? It's DLC. DLC. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, it, they're releasing uh, chapters for each of the characters in the game, except Noctis, apparently. But did you hear... Well, that's because you play as Noctis. They're saying, yeah. they're saying <laughs> that, um, at PAX, they're going to have a big Final Fantasy announcement. It's probably the co-op uh, DLC. No, but we already know about the co-op. This is going to be something that we don't know. I about. know what it is. They just announced it today. The iOS Final Fantasy 15. No, but we already know about that. So well, I don't care. That's be, the biggest announcement ever. Too. Too. Let's talk about 15's uh, free-to-play mobile strategy game, Clash of Clans, Game of War, tie-in oh my called Final Fantasy 15. That's the game that I've wanted, okay? <laughs> I never wanted this crappy AAA. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> AAA. Yeah, none of that. Um, so what do you think about Stank Bank? I know you, you have been episode. living vicariously through mm-hmm. us with Final Fantasy 15, but what and do you think about... Not just on the podcast, outside yeah. of the podcast. <laughs> the podcast too. Uh, what do you think about, like, what you've heard, like, is it a game that interests you? Would you play if it was on PC? I know you're primarily a PC gamer. I was until my daughter took up permanent residence in my computer In lab. your PC. In my PC. <laughs> this is a lawnmower, man. She's in the computer. This is a you're lawnmower, in man. The computer. <laughs> uh, no, don't, don't, don't pull it, bro. <laughs> Sorry, see you later. We, we apologize. <laughs> so I actually can't play my PC at all anymore. So I'm now thinking of actually purchasing Xbox One games because... Prior to this, Xbox One has just basically been a Netflix machine in my house. Uh, he's lying to you guys. He loves it. He plays games on it daily. <laughs> you so, do own a game, though. I do own a game. <laughs> Not many games to necessitate the entire rack. Um, I do own Fallout 4. Have you played it? I have played it. I probably put about 20 hours into it. It's pretty fun. It is pretty fun. I did like I it. I hate the loving. Um, I 
I feel kind of bummed out being in that world for too long. I think it, it kind of it kind of weighs on me a little bit, and um, so I, I it's not like a game like Skyrim where I feel like really just relaxed, kind of being in the world yeah. and walking around and stuff. And Fallout Four to me is not a very relaxing game because you have to like sit up forward and read all the text, yeah. and you know, it's just kind of a tense game. So I'm only really able to play games a couple hours really late at night when everyone's asleep in my house. And uh, it's not a very conducive game to play. Yeah, it's also, for me, one of the biggest problems is that it's... Fallout 4 is a... Uh, it's a game where it's got a lot of really cool parts. Like, it's cool to explore and see the computers, do the hacking, meet the people. Yeah. But then it's got stuff, and we talked about this before, but things like... Load times that are over a minute. The load times are that bad. are so stupid that it's like that's why I stopped playing. Prey. Does it get mm. glitchy and freeze during the, the load longer screens, you the play? La- <laughs> why, why you stop playing Prey? Uh, yeah, dude, I, you on podcast eleven, the episode I listened to today, you were <laughs> don't, don't, don't quote you this. were gushing about. Prey. I love you. So were I. Okay, so here's the thing. Prey and we're gonna backtrack Bioshock. real real quick. And Bioshock was probably cool too when I used to be able to put up with a minute and a half load times, but. Prey is a great game because at the beginning you're going through these rooms and you don't have to leave them. You're like exploring. But at the end of the game, you have to just run through rooms and then go to load screens. And sometimes I'll spend a minute and a half to two minutes in a room and then a minute and a half to two minutes in a load screen. Mm. And I have to go to three different load screens to yeah, complete a side quest. So it's like at that point, I'm like, I don't want to play this anymore. I feel bad. It's the very end of the game. It was fun, but... That's definitely an advantage PC gaming has to Xbox and, and the console. Xbox One X, which we mentioned a little bit last week, is supposed to reduce load times. It doesn't have a solid state hard drive. Scorpio, you mean? Uh, Scorpio is now called Xbox One X. Oh, okay. Since as of last week. I didn't hear that last X on there. Um, yeah, Xbox. Do you know what, Xbox. Is, do you know what I always loved about Skyrim? Was but, when you walk into towns and after the loading screen's done... Everyone is paused for a second and then they just go <laughs> yeah. about their business. Like, or like <laughs> objects fall from the ground. <laughs> yeah, it's like, <laughs> she's coming, guys, he's coming. <laughs> it's like the toys in Toy Story. coming. Andy's coming. So what are you guys going to get Skyrim on this year, though? PSVR, Switch. <laughs> oh, yeah. E3 seriously. should have been called the year of Skyrim because <laughs> they have so many for Skyrim real, I might buy it on Switch. Oh, I might too because I just want to play stuff on Switch. And that Super Mario game looks amazing. Is, but, it, um, is it the remastered edition at least? No. Oh my god! I, I hope it comes with the DLC. Though. Wow, I can't even. I can't even comprehend that. That is just too ridiculous it's, to me. It would be funny if they didn't come with DLC and then they try to sell it, us the same DLC. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. They <laughs> would do that. If they brand new DLC coming out. If they try to sell us that, I might just on principle have to not get it because it's like. It should come up at least. This is why video game companies should not be publicly traded. It's it's what it should be so I can make all the money off of them. (laughs) Do you own Nintendo stock? Yeah, I wish (laughs) because I would actually make money right now. Um, No, okay, so back to what we were talking about before. We were talking about episode Prompto on Final Fantasy Mm. 15 and how you had. You were talking about about that. um, Console gaming. I I think, okay, so so given my situation in probably transitioning to uh, console gaming in the next coming age. I would be tempted to get Final Fantasy fifteen. Um, although you guys have had a pretty positive uh, review of it so far, I would be I would be worried that a casual as casual a gamer as myself would not have the stamina to finish a game like that. Is that true or not true? 
It's you not can, that long. Honestly, if you mainline it, you can finish it, in 20 yeah, hours. You sit down, yeah, you can play it pretty quickly. Hmm. Yeah, and I know 20 hours is a lot of time, but if you mainline it, it's really fun. It's a fun game. The thing that that bogs it down, as you probably heard us talk about before, is just some of the side quests are so pointless and repetitive that's mm-hmm. like, uh, and like, I remember I had like fun the entire time I played it, but there were moments where I was like, should I just stop doing some side quests and finish this? And then I kept mm-hmm. doing side quests. And then after a while, I was like, yeah, I need to you stop have doing to, side quests. You have to remember, too, like, there are some side quests that you're supposed to play after the game's over. Yeah, for sure. Um, and there's, like, hunts and stuff. There, there's a lot of frustrating... The hunts sounded cool. I like that. The hunts are cool. it was, yeah. like, it really really reminded me of royal culture. Like, like old matriarch. Yeah. Not matriarch culture, but, like... Matri- uh, matriarchal. Uh, yeah, matriarchal culture. Um, no, but, like... Um, Monarchy culture, like Game, yeah. of, Game of Thrones did hunts, you know, like yeah. that's how what's his face Robert Baratheon died. I thought that was cool. Spoiler, spoiler, <laughs> guys. Oh my god, yeah. ninety years ago, <laughs> ninety years ago when Game of Thrones <laughs> came out, that's so nineteen. That's probably when George R. R. Martin wrote the first one. Nineteen, yeah, probably. <laughs> I, sidebar, real quick. Jesus. I am so worried he's not going to finish that series before he's he dies. Not. Dude, he's not going to finish that he series. He still can finish the sixth Game book of Thrones, and he is not Game of Thrones is basically George R. R. Martin's wet dream that he just put into like four or five books. And it's awesome. And the first still, three books are so good he's though, He's waiting for crazy. one more. Like, he just goes to bed all hot and bothered. You see the first three books? Yeah, they're amazing. Yeah, the first three books are good. And then when you I get Feast for Crows, oh my I, gosh. Yeah. I, I, I did like Dance with Dragons. I did too. I like the answer. Yeah. yeah. Getting through Feast for Crows is almost impossible. Though. You have to it, like... It's like they, they pull you out because they end was uh, Sword of Storms. Yeah. Sword of Storms. That, that yeah. one ends like really intensely and then the yeah. next one they throw you into all these characters you don't really give a crap about. And my oh favorite part was when Brienne travels which she does oh. for hours on I it. hate the Brienne sequences. Oh the Brienne stories yeah. are I, so bad. I don't hate them as much as the Cersei ones though. Oh really? I actually oh remember kind gosh. of I was okay with some of those. I know they mainly took place in prison but yeah. Did Switching this back to games did anybody play the Game of Thrones RPG that came out in 2000 and... It was a Telltale game, wasn't it? Uh, I want to say it was 2011. Why does this game no, no. rub me the wrong way? No, not the... Yeah, most of the time they do the same for me. But um, the Telltale game was 2015 or 2014, but... uh, No, 2015. No, 2014. Whatever. It came out so a couple years ago. Did you play it? I played the, the Telltale game, but I didn't play... It came out with like a computer RPG that came out during the first season of Game of Thrones on Xbox 360 and oh, PC wow. and PS3. Do you guys know which one I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, I think I've seen yeah. it. Yeah, it yeah. looks really bad, but I always wanted to play it because I just love the show and yeah. the books so much. But season one is strong. Season one, yeah, great. season one is great. It is strong. And you know what? The show is still fun throughout. It definitely loses some steam compared to season one, but it's it's awesome. Season one is just a, it, it's really cool because it really introduces you to the world, and you really feel like I just love the Robert Baratheon uh, Ned dynamic. I thought it was just yeah. Such well, a Ned's cool just such a cool character to begin with. He's yeah. just like a rad person. But um, so you were talking about how that is kind of similar in Final Fantasy, the, how the Patriot... Oh, I just, I just like that one, that was one very small aspect of yeah. what I thought was a cool addition to Final Fantasy. I just like that, because he's supposed to be a prince, right? Yeah, the he's the prince, and, you know, I mean, spoilers happens in the first five minutes, his dad dies, so, um, <laughs> yeah, he's essentially to become a king, you know. It's, <laughs> it's a great game, you know, like, I don't want to keep retraining this, because we've gone over it so many times. It really loses steam in the second half, mainly because it feels like they rushed that. Like, I wanted the second half to last way longer and be, like, way cooler and more in-depth and big. Like, you go to this place, I can't remember what it's called, but it's, like, this island with, like, a water city. 
Do you remember mm. what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you it's where, like, a big story moment happens, but it's just, like, a super short You segment. can't do any side quests after that. You have to wait till right? Yeah, yeah, you can't do... Well, no, they keep letting you travel back in the dream dog. Oh, that's thing. right, that's right. Um, but anyways, okay, so that was one part of this week was the episode Prompto that came out. Uh, it sounds like you're playing it. I'm probably not going to get to it for a while. Um, did you watch the trailer they put up online, though, of episode... Uh, Ignis? Ignis. No, I didn't. I, man, I, I love 15. I fall off of DLC, like, so quickly. Just because yeah. they... DLC is great if you want to stick with one game, but because I love jumping around and playing lots of stuff, it's so hard for me to be like... Oh hey, let me go back to this game that it's I. It's really hard to do that. I found. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's just I, I kind of lose interest in games after. Yeah, after you I beat it, you're like, it's beaten. Like, I don't want to yeah, do that again. I patch it. I hate DLC, and I never bought one, but I did buy the Citadel DLC for Mass Effect. That's 3. the only, and I beat all the Mass Effect Two DLC. That is like the only yeah. Mass Effect Two DLC is the only game where I. That's the underwater one, the right? There's there's a there's an underwater one, and then also like a protein one. Yeah, you go to Asari. What's the one where what's her name? The Asari. Lady is yeah, you're the, the shadow broker. Shadow broker, yeah, yeah, shadow yeah, broker. Yeah, that one, and you get um, that's the one where you get the the guy. I forgot his name, but he's like a Australian dude or whatever. Oh, Zaid. Yeah, Zaid. Yeah, Zaid is awesome. He's actually South African. Bonus DLC. Oh, that is, oh man, he's awesome. <laughs> yeah, he's one of my favorite characters. But that actually, I, I think one of the reasons why DLC affects maybe us differently is because we're of that generation where we grew up with games that didn't have DLC. Mm-hmm. Occasional games did release expansions if you played PC games like mm-hmm. Age of Empires and. Starcraft and all that stuff, but you know we used to buy N sixty four games and Super Nintendo games, put them in, mm-hmm. play them, finish them, and we didn't come back. Yeah, can put expansions on cartridges. And this is something I don't want to go too deep into because we talked, we were talking about it when uh, when Dank was last on the podcast. Is uh, you know live games, live service games is what things are moving to, where games never end. Yeah, like Blizzard um, games. I think World yeah. Warcraft yeah. is well, and Overwatch, aside from the expansions, yeah, yeah well, Overwatch. Overwatch right now is all like MOBA so generation and, games. Yeah, I mean Overwatch sold for sixty bucks, and then it sells like tons of deal like loot boxes, so you can make mm-hmm. your characters look cool. Yeah. Um, but I want to get to a few other news topics before we talk about uh, oh the biggest segment for today. Um, the other thing that was kind of came out recently was the mini SNES Classic. I, as you guys know, mm. I am big, big, big time hard ons. Mm. Heart on, Hadron, I think. Hadron Collider. Hadron Collider. I've got a big heart on for uh, the Nintendo Switch, but um, Nintendo announced the Mini SNES Classic. Mm-hmm. What's going on with that, Jank? Yeah, that. they uh, they just announced it, but and it has a pretty nice. What's it cost? It, it's supposed to uh, MSRP at it was eighty dollars. Eighty? That's not bad. Yeah, but you know, it's not going to. Well, it will MSRP that if you can. It, no, it'll, 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 it's suggested retail is eighty dollars, but remember what happened with the oh. NES well, Classic yeah. was that it's everyone was be... selling it for like one hundred and fifty bucks and. Well, I'm gonna try to. Depending on where you yeah, go, I'm gonna try to buy one just yeah. so I can buy a house in Orange County, man. Buy one, sell it, trade it for a house in Orange County. Uh, dude, Nintendo are dicks, uh, dude. I hate the fact that they they announce these things and I, then they say. We're only going to sell them for four months. Hey, at know, least they told you that this time. To be fair, like, I'm not trying to, like, say that they're but, great, but the mini NES Classic, they didn't tell anybody that they were going to discontinue it until they're like, hey, just so you know, we're done making these. And it's like, wait, what? <laughs> at least they said, yeah. hey, it's a holiday item. We're only going to make it here. It, it makes me upset because we've been talking about it and going on virtual console, virtual console, virtual console. I think this is going to stop the virtual console for a bit because, like, why would you release a virtual console yeah. when you have... <laughs> 
Well, that, that's it's a drop in the bucket. For yeah, virtual console. Virtual yeah. console. It, it's like it's like giving a ravenous beast a slice of pizza. It's yeah, like they're still you're still gonna. Well, we'll want it soon. They're they're gonna, gonna try to milk. Early. They're gonna try to milk these classic systems for yeah. as much yes. as they can before giving us the virtual console, in which they will still charge us for the games that we want. <laughs> Wait, two quick questions about the mini. How mini is it? Or Mickey. <laughs> oh, oh so don't listen to this, Disney, please. Two. <laughs> Uh, are they going to be making any games with it? Or oh, they just, they just they count on so here, yeah. From, let's let's go with the games list. Uh, do you have? Do you know some of them off the top of your head? And we'll talk about. It. So, so the mini NES Classic. These are games. It's pretty much like you. You have a Retro Five, right? I do. It is pretty much the same as that. No, I, is, I understand the concept, yeah. but how small is it? Is what I'm asking. I. It looks it's like it's the size of a, your a Super Nintendo controller. How do games fit in it? It's just, I mean, it's you, there's USB drive. There's no game. You, it's not oh, like so you they're encouraging you to download ROMs. No, it's not download ROMs. The game, the system only has 21 games on it. Oh my! So you know, God. like those dumb Ataris that they've been okay. selling for oh. years. I, I got the list. Here they are. We have Contra Three. Let's go over these slowly because there's some great ones actually. Contra Three, yeah. Donkey Kong Country. Awesome. Oh my gosh! I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite game ever. Earthbound. Earthbound oh, is great. I love Final it. Fantasy Three. Yeah, it's awesome. Six. F Zero. <laughs> I'd like to play F Zero. I haven't played Kirby it, Superstar. Ooh, great. love me some C Star. Kirby's Dream Course. Nice. Yeah, That's like one of my. What are you talking about? It's like one of the best ones. Okay, go oh, back. What was that one? Legend of Zelda: A Link to the Past. I never, I never played it. Did you guys play yeah, it? Yeah, I played I, it on the Retro Pie. Oh really? I've never really like only, played more than the opening. The only Zelda really I ever played is Breath of the Wild. Oh man, Zelda's so good. This guy's an idiot. Sorry, <laughs> sorry you listeners. I'm oh, sorry for Jake. I please hey, don't I, was a, I was a PlayStation kid. All right, I, I never. Owned sorry, we'll get, off, we'll get him off. We'll get him off the Yeah, honestly, like when you're a kid, Nintendo um, is the console. You I got Mega Man X. Oh, it's another favorite game. Secret of Mana. Awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. Star Fox. Star Fox Two, which has never been released. Yeah, yeah that, that is cool. That is like a really cool thing. The, que- the, the question is, though, can Star Fox 2 be nominated for Game of the Year? I don't wow. think it will. <laughs> it can, probably, but... That is an interesting question. Are there specific categories within Game of the Year? Well, it has to be a new game, but this is technically a new game. A nude tain. A nude tain. <laughs> uh, can you load up new tain? <laughs> uh, Street Fighter 2, Super Castlevania 4. Uh, cool. A little bit. It's okay. Super Ghouls and Ghosts. Never played mm. Super Mario Kart. Yeah. Mm. Super Mario RPG Legend yes. of the Star Wars. Yes, yes, yes. Gag barf. What are you talking <laughs> about? Super Mario RPG is like the best RPG from Super That is my first role-playing game that I ever played. When I played, I played that, when I rented that game, I was like, oh my goodness, a new Mario game. I oh. love Mario games. Well, it's because you're an idiot and you yeah. thought it was a Mario uh-huh. game. Yeah, I was... I went in there knowing uh-huh. what it was, and yeah. I loved it, and I, I was smitten by That's it. That's like saying, I knew that I was going to get trash for Christmas, and I uh, loved it. Yeah, then you're I expected happy. a bike, you're happy and with I got that trash. trash. Okay. <laughs> I was happy and satisfied with that. No, it's an awesome game. You need to go back. Okay. Super you Mario don't. World, Super Metroid, Super... I've never played Super... Wait, 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 wait. Let's. We've all played Super Mario World. Have you guys played Super Metroid? No. Yeah, I played a little yeah, bit of it. I liked what I played. I love yeah, watching speedruns of Superman. That is, it is that is probably it one is of the few games I like watching speedruns. It is the it is um, intense platforming. Super Punch Out. Yeah, yeah I've never played Yoshi's it. Island. Oh, that's oh, good. I like that game. Yeah. Be careful. Do you really? Be careful. <laughs> uh, that's it. Is that it? That's what was the last so, one you said? Yoshi's, Yoshi's Island. Island. So oh. it's twenty-one games. It's twenty, but they're all saying the one for Star Fox Two, which is really cool. Um, that's, that's a good set. That's a good anthology. For eighty bucks, it's not bad at all. Like, I kind of, like, the NES Classic, Mini NES Classic or whatever, I didn't 
care to own it. Like NES games don't was, hold up very well. Well, well, it was before our time, anyways. So. Yeah, I know. I own one. I own the NES. Like, do you want to go through the headache of waiting in line for something, or would you rather just buy like Air well, Games has those those uh, recreation re creations of their the old consoles? Like they have the, well, the Sega. The Sega, the Sega version has like 50 games on it. You can buy their Nintendo version has like 50 games on it. Yeah, so well, why? There's no Nintendo version of these. Is it? No. No, there's a company that legally. makes them. I saw it. Yeah, at, not legally. I saw it at, no, at E3, they had a whole booth set up that had. They're not legal. How could you be at E3 if it's not legal? Okay, so Retron is legal mm-hmm. because you have to own the actual uh, cartridges to play them. You can't. How is that regulated? Uh, I assume Nintendo regulates that. How do you? That's that's ridiculous. Okay, well, you can't what, regulate that. Whatever. Like it, the thing okay, is, like you have these consoles. Okay, you can do. <laughs> you can play. Uh, I trust you. Uh, but I'm just saying, like I would highly doubt that Nintendo, the mm-hmm. owner of the mini SNES, would be like, "Oh yeah, I'll let somebody else sell this with 50 games for 10 bucks or whatever," because it it doesn't cost 80 dollars to make this. You know, mm-hmm. it is a fair price for that many good games. Mm-hmm. I think it breaks down to. Uh, four bucks a game, but it comes with two controllers, so it's not. I mean, it's not that bad. Yeah, it's um, a good deal. If you get it for eighty bucks, you won't. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. I mean, I like. It's totally will. The things that bothered the, what bothers <laughs> me about the whole thing is that Nintendo doesn't want to create like they don't want to make a whole lot to give to everybody, but and people are going to be scalping well, these things. We can't but, even find a Switch right now. Yeah, man. and let's that's them a, put that's, that on. That's another <laughs> thing. Nintendo does stuff like that, and then people buy them and they scalp them and they get like. Two or three times what it's worth, but Nintendo doesn't see any of that profit. So you think that they would? You think they would, but I don't know. They love. They love that. That's like their thing. We've talked mm-hmm. about it dozens of times. When they had Fire Emblem Fates, uh, Dank and I both won by the collector's edition, which had the whole thing on one cartridge, yeah. and they only made like twenty of them. So we couldn't do that. It's, twenty. Oh, whatever. It's it was a small enough amount yeah, where we were going friends only. Where there was like eighty. It was eighty bucks when it came out, and. By the day it was actually released, it was two hundred and forty dollars to buy it online. Yeah. So it was wow. stupid. Who um, would ever do that? Uh, I bought ten of them online. <laughs> um, but no, I, I think the SNES Classic. Like, while it's not what I want to hear, I want to hear, "Hey, we're doing the Virtual Console, and all the games you previously bought come over for free, and you rule, and here's a million dollars." That will um, never happen. The Nintendo will give me a million dollars. I promise you that. <laughs> no, I, but I. Everyone should just screw all of these companies and just build a retro pie with me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, don't tell me yeah, yeah. I'm going like, to knock on the door I own the console so yeah. it's perfectly legal sorry guys all of our listeners we don't condone this type of <laughs> <laughs> oh I guess the uh, 30 year old <laughs> video games <laughs> we don't condone this type of stealing <laughs> um, no but it's it is a uh, that's an interesting concept and actually that actually leads us to uh, wait, wait, our wait. last stop real quick take a break no, we don't need to take a break. Please, oh my goodness! <laughs> oh, okay. you, you you revealed my identity. Oh, Delete my goodness. that. Hey everyone, venture into the pop culture cosmos today, where you'll hear our conversations on different topics within the world of movies, TV, video games, comic books, technology, board gaming, and more. You'll also get a taste of some of our other shows within the cosmos as well. So come on and join us each week as we delve into the Pop Culture Cosmos. Welcome to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Uh, 
So actually, there was I was gonna lead into something really cool and tie it all together, and then Jenks like, yeah, I'm an idiot. I like ruining everything, the single thing that you do. And I, I said that. Right I said that word for word. We oh, you did. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what he said. <laughs> um, <laughs> and bank stank stank bank steak. Um, <laughs> steak. Like, okay, I'll go with him because he sucks. Um, so what's the last piece of news that you have to add? Um, you dumb idiot. Now you never know. I'm just gonna be quieter. Uh, no, don't do that, please. I'm sorry. Dragon Age. They have said that they are. Yeah, we talked about how we loved it currently earlier. Hiring for Dragon Age. Which means for Dragon Age. They're calling it the opposite. So Dragon Age Four. They're calling it for Dragon Age. Yeah. Yoda is for Dragon Age. For Dragon Age. <laughs> That's cool. I love Inquisition. Uh, we heard Banks Dank say he loves it. Dank mm. loves it. Yep. You loved it. We all beat it 100%. I loved it as much dragons. as I loved the gummy ship of Kingdom Hearts 1. He loves that. Whoa. He loves the gummy ship. <laughs> That's saying something. Every single person on this podcast listening now knows how much you love the gummy <laughs> ship, <laughs> which is a lot. It's a lot. Um, well, anyways, before when I had this awesome segue where we're talking about what a mini SNES is worth, I want to talk to you guys about games like in their value because right now there's like a steam summer sale an xbox live sale starts on friday i'm sure playstation will do some type of summer sale and in reality you know these games are still retailing at 60 bucks when they come out which they did when we were like 10 years old so nearly 20 years ago games were the same price they are today were mm-hmm. they though they like yeah. 64 games when they first came out i think they were uh, like 50 and 60 super mario rpg was, was 70 dollars when I, I bought it as a kid yeah i remember like that store. really yeah i remember playstation games cost like 40 bucks like when they were brand mm-hmm. new there 50 it was 50 30. for a while were they um it wasn't 40 yeah 50 was uh, a placeholder for a time then went up to 60 during the PlayStation, I tour. saw some games that were eighty. I remember like some Acclaim games. Yeah, yeah. yeah. On the, mm-hmm. the Super Nintendo. No, just... no, just just Nintendo sixty four yeah. weird random. They arbitrary just were prices. allowing people to not have normal. They like do whatever you want. Yeah, structures. but the thing is, games were at least the price they are now. Sometimes even more, and like inflation would say that they should be worth now like a hundred to hundred and twenty dollars a game. Yet all of us who are playing, I know we now have like hundreds of millions of people who play video games whereas like when we were younger it was probably in the millions or tens of millions but like it's crazy to think like i know i personally wait for sales to buy a lot of games you know mm-hmm. even though it's only 60 bucks which right. is less than it's like right, going to the movie twice with another mm-hmm. person it's like i still wait for a sale a yeah to buy a game for 40 bucks and i i just want to talk to you guys what you think about that because like games are made by lots of people and every time we wait till they go on sale I mean, it's not like it's a bad thing. They sell them so they can make money, but it's just, mm-hmm. it's an interesting concept. Well, you know? think about it like this. Even when the prices drop and enough people buy them, they still make a crap load of money off of them. Yeah, sure. Yeah, but it's like, they probably do make more money than they used to, but compared to the Xbox 360 era, I'm not so sure anymore. Because I feel like at that era, people were buying garbage loads of games, you know? Like, mm-hmm. they were just buying truckloads. And now there are so many games, people are waiting until games go on sale because they have, like, crazy backlogs. Well, I think you should think about it in the context of how we've been trained to consume video games. Yeah. Like, these companies are not dumb, and they know that there are many different types of gamers. There are the gamers who spend their parents' allowance and their trust fund money on games the day that they come out mm-hmm. for full price, and they reach that market no matter what. They always will, no yeah. matter what the price points are. But the people, like the, the millennial generation out on the on the other end of the spectrum that's getting older, they know that these people 
the casual gamers, the older gamers, people with kids, they're not going to buy games until they go on sale. And the way that the companies are looking at it, they're saying, the only way to reach that market is to put the games on sale. We're not going to lose anything. We're only going to gain. because. And then also, when you're looking at it from the standpoint of a digital sale, there's like almost no upkeep cost to keeping to keeping the games. There's no inventory. It's just servers cost. Yeah, it's not that high. I mean, it's not, but it's, it's arbitrary compared to keeping a freaking... More oh yeah, store. store. You know, keeping like a hundred copies of one game on file and inventory. Yeah, yeah, if you buy physical games nowadays, you can get them on sale for like, like sometimes half price within. Like, Prey was thirty bucks within. Just like, to get um, it off the shelf, just to yeah, get it out they of the store. Yeah, inventory. If you go into like Target and look at their clearance section, they have all kinds of games. For they like do, and they're good. I saw Battlefront there yesterday for like yeah. fifteen bucks. Yeah. I didn't buy it because I knew that I'd have to pay an arm and a leg just to play it. <laughs> oh, yeah, you games. don't have Xbox Live. I don't have Xbox Live. I don't have <laughs> the pass. <laughs> I think, too, like, yeah, Star Wars Battlefront was really bad on We pass. want to spend less money on video games, but I think it's because, like, we we know what good video games are because we grew up in an era of Super Mario and Star Fox, um, Spyro, uh, not Spyro, 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 his favorite game. I just remember like really liking that game. <laughs> the PlayStation like, kid. Hey, Speed of Crash comes out this Friday. Yeah, I saw They're that. redoing the remasters on PlayStation 4 this Friday. Worth 40 bucks. That's like remastering super bad. Like, you would never yeah, want to watch that Yeah, I would watch that every day. A remaster is super bad. You know, knocked out for your version. Knocked up which was better than super bad <laughs> yeah, I infinitely uh, um, but yeah we know what good games are because we you know we, we grew up playing these games like playing when, shitty games no no no, no but we, <laughs> we played a lot Bubsies. of the franchises <laughs> a lot of that's nostalgia though a lot of those games are bad yeah, yeah a lot like of Bubsies the franchises really yeah Bubsy jeez didn't they they're, they they announced a new Bubsy no yeah, they did yeah. Yeah. we talk on the news right before yeah. E3 something announced Bubsy but <laughs> like, wow. we we grew up playing these games back when the franchises were brand new and now you have these kids who only want to spend money on or play games like Call of Duty or Battlefield or mm. these dumb kids or whatever <laughs> yeah whatever the new Halo or, is like they, they or don't Tetris or uh, Super Mario Brothers I mean, or was King Mars. <laughs> like we talked about this before Final Fantasy 15 there are kids who were like born and they're pl- they're like yeah, they're playing play it. it now so when it's it came, like when it was announced it, it was in a 10 year announcement yeah, cycle so like versus there were people born before and played it like wait what's this game I'm 10 years old <laughs> You were, you were born <laughs> after this was announced. It's hard to pull new gamers, like younger kids, into existing franchises. Like they don't they don't want to play the the RPGs that we played growing up. They just want to play whatever their friends are playing, which is usually Call of Duty, Star Wars, or you know, some big multiplayer game. And those games change daily, but I just think the the idea behind it is like we are paying less than ever for games and it's just it's strange to think that because the games cost more than ever. Like the cost to make a single yeah. game is in the hundreds. It's it not hundreds. It's in the tens of millions of dollars now. Yeah, and it's it's just it's an interesting thing because these sales come around. And I look at stuff. and I'm like, yeah, this is a game I would buy for thirty or forty bucks. I'm not gonna pay sixty bucks for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and if you're really frugal, you can buy like games after they come out for like six bucks. Like Shadow of Mordor, I saw four bucks, and that was a great game. I actually paid sixty for that. It came out when the Xbox One was new. And there just wasn't a lot of games to play at the time. Yeah. Um, also, too, like gamers, like we're we're a bunch of cheap bastards. Like yeah, yeah. That's why there's a site called Cheap Ass Game. When <laughs> when we were kids, we were basically spending our parents' money on video games. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a it's just a strange thing. I just like bringing it up because it's 
you know, I mean, in truth, it, the game industry is changing so much, and a lot of people thought it was moving towards iOS, and there's still a lot of kids who just play those games, but it's I, I think... Sweat. I'm you, it's a thumb, thumb sweat. Thumb sweat. It's the thumb sweat. Thumb sweat. <laughs> but those aren't... I don't think those are retaining that much money, to be honest. Like, I think once the kids get older, they jump to PC or console gaming, or they drop off gaming altogether. Or they're just not gamers. They're just yeah. people who... Oh, my buddy at work plays Clash of Clans, so I I gotta look good at, for the boss and play Clash of Clans with him. You know, like those people will always exist. Yeah, yeah, definitely not them. I only do play they Clash lose Clans. on purpose so they get a promotion. Ah, uh, just depends. I mean, because some bosses might might detect that and sense the uh, the patronization, and it might hurt you. Could hurt you in the board meeting. Sure, you get fired for being the boss <laughs> or losing to your boss on purpose. You may not like that either. You are far too good at this game. You're fired. Yeah, I just. I was just thinking about that today. No, it's an interesting concept. I think, though, that companies... Okay, so for one, companies wouldn't continue making franchises that weren't profitable. Yeah. And the, and the games... Which sucks. Companies should do stuff because they love it. Right. And their shareholders won't understand. <laughs> <laughs> but also... Um... Talk about Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's just something to... It's just interesting, too, because... The gaming industry is notorious for underpaying their employees. Yeah. And it's crunch time where people have to work mm-hmm. crazy hours. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and, and they, they it's funny because they capitalize on the fact that their employees are in it for the artistic expression, they're doing something that they love, doing something that they believe in, they want to change people's lives. But at the at the end of the day, it's their the the game is designed to make money. So it's kinda of like this interesting competing reality where like the group of people who are actually doing the work want the artistic expression are getting paid nothing and the people at the top are milking that they're like they're abusing that mindset of their employees paying them less making more money and so it's like a vicious cycle but it's also like a symbiotic relationship because those people they want to be supported and they want to be able to express themselves but then the top people want to make the money yeah Yeah, it's you, okay, Bethesda's intro video at their conference, you had all the little kids up there, all the, the sons and daughters going, yeah, my dad makes video games, he makes people's dreams come true, but they didn't have the part in there where the kids are like, I haven't seen my dad in five months. So. <laughs> <laughs> you stole it from another podcast, you bastard! Yeah, I, was just I actually this literally heard that joke! Yeah. I heard that joke earlier today! Yeah, so did I. Um, and it was actually out. really, it really was good actually really funny stuff. <laughs> Thank you, Craig Miller. Yeah, we're sharing, we're sharing it. Um, we're out tomorrow. But uh, yeah, that was... Yeah, it's true. People spend a lot of time on games and they crunch time and it's not a very good pay. I just... I think about it, and I'm always stoked when I see that indie game from that one developer who, you know, there's Steam Spy that lets you see how many games are sold, roughly. And, like, I love it when I see, like, hey, he made, he sold his game at 20 bucks, and he made, he had 100,000 sales. So he made at least 2 million bucks. Because games cost a lot to make, even on a small scale. You're just putting at least, like, $100,000 in. So... I know I'm part of the problem where I buy a lot of games at cheap discounted prices, but that's just because I like playing a lot of games, and I can't just uh, I can't just buy them at sixty bucks or else I'd be totally broken. I don't see what the problem is. Are you are you worried about not supporting the industry that you want to continue supporting? I, I think it's kind of like that because like uh, you know most of the other ind- art industries like music and film have kind of become irrelevant in a way like they still put out stuff but they don't make a lot of money for what they do most of the people just take their products but gaming that's a lot harder to do unless you really really work hard to steal to steal modern games well it's it's an extremely competitive industry now yeah yeah but well not that it's it's really hard to pirate 
modern games. Like, where people can oh, pirate music and movies mm-hmm. all stuff and just take them. Games are harder, so, like, people at least are still buying them, which I'm excited because that allows it to keep going. Do you remember the days when people used to buy chips and put them into, like, their PlayStation? They still do that, man. Yeah, I mean, you can't... Like it's Doritos? harder to do that with this modern... What? Like Doritos? Like Doritos. Chips, yeah, yeah, they, they put... put and if you had the cooler ranch kind, you could play games from any country. Oh my gosh! Cooler ranch. <laughs> cooler ranch. <laughs> Why is all that cooler ranch? I, I mean, like those, those industries still make money. It's just there's an inundation of there's an inundation of indie people, and those people don't make money. Yeah, I just I mean I think music doesn't make very much. That money might be one anymore. thing too. Like Money's, a lot of the like we the, a lot of people grew up playing games are are now making games. They might yeah. not be putting money into the games because they're, they're making games, them. but they're putting into their own. So I mean that's just one factor to, to consider. Yeah, it just all I know is I'm gonna wait till every game is super cheap and not help any publisher I can because I hate them all. The, and I wish games would all crush and die. No, there's no, there's nothing wrong with buying something on sale. Like, no, do you feel I, guilty about buying a, a toaster on sale? Yes. You want, you I want electronic appliances to continue, right? I, I want that. I toaster. want to support Cuisinart. I go, <laughs> I go find that maker of that toaster, and I yeah. hand him the money myself, and I say, "Sir, yeah, I love the product. You <laughs> I love you." Um, no, I mean, yeah, you're right. It's not that serious, and I'm not going to stop doing it. Uh-huh. But it's just good to talk about and remind ourselves like hey this never went up in price like movies went up in price when we were kids it was six bucks to go to a movie and now it's oh well that's a theater yeah that's what i'm saying i mean that's how most people like consume movies otherwise it's they're free that's following a standard inflation model though right because yeah you you were saying that video games aren't following yeah they're they're not following that they're staying Mm -hmm. stagnant and then during sales they drop off in price well movies too like you could pirate a movie anywhere that's what i'm saying though like the the difference is games are harder pirates so that's why i think we see Mm -hmm. so many sales and still so much sales of games that people are able to stay in business whereas movies i think they they mainly make all their money nowadays in the theater so well, if they don't make that money, it's done. I think something that we're not considering is the psychology of what video game companies or what Steam or what these yeah, what these vendors do to put games on sale. Like it, they wouldn't put things on sale if unless they wanted to get more sales. Yeah. Like, because because if they if they've already done the initial onslaught of the like because I'm assuming with with video games there is like an initial surge of, of purchases right they used to be they're saying now the tail is a lot longer than it used to be where people are buying mm-hmm. stuff three four weeks after to see what well, like the game lasts to see if the game's good see how yeah. it's really yeah because yeah. i sure. went i went to when mass effect came out i know we're talking about yeah mass effect but i went to gamestop to pick it up for their midnight launch and yeah we went midnight like, when nobody was there i was a mistake yeah, yeah i remember like their games would come out and there'd be lines yeah. wrapped oh, all the yeah. way around. And when now, I bought a Switch, there was. That yeah. era is just dying, it's though. Done. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's done. The game, the, the idea of like going out for a minute. Because, I mean, why would you do that? Like, yeah, a long time ago when we were in high school, you had to do that. But nowadays, like, if you really want it, buy digital. It's out at 9 p.m. Yeah. You get mm-hmm. it at 9 p.m. We live in you know, Pacific Standard Time. And you don't have to deal with the box. Like, no yeah. one, people don't have infinite space. Everyone lives in apartments now. Everyone lives in small houses now. Yeah, like you just don't have. The problem, yeah. Like I threw away all my DVD boxes and put all my DVDs into a wallet. I hate it. It's stupid. Yeah. But I saved probably like. And it's easier to it's easier to get them. You know, I mean, it's yeah. not as cool to show them off, but it's so much easier to be like, oh hey, we want to watch a movie. Open this thing. Go through mm-hmm. numbers. Like, oh, which movie is it? Pull this out. Yeah. Do this. Grab the other movie. Put it in. Mm-hmm. This. Like 
It's oh, those three extra steps. And just... <laughs> wait, wait, this right. is this is the guy who wouldn't play Mass Effect because of the disc changer. <laughs> wait, uh, which is a fair and valid complaint. <laughs> this to is, be honest. Like, was it Mass Effect Two? It was Mass, Mass Effect Three. Mass Effect I played 3. Mass Effect Two because I loved it. Mass, Mass Effect, Effect Three is great. They first pissed me off when they didn't mm. let me move. Do like... not talk about your character. Do not talk about your character. Oh, I, I'm not. Do not yes. talk about your character. I am a yes, lot. Talks about this. A no, lot. do not. This is, yeah. Why would they do that? I'm the guy who I love my character, okay? I made him a Mass Effect 1. I kept him in Mass Effect 2. And they then say, hey, nobody's going to want their character models from the first I th- game. I think the listeners oh, should know. I love this character. Uh-huh. This is me. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, I think the listeners should know that... The listener, please. <laughs> I think I should know, that, <laughs> as the listener, that any model, any char- any shepherd that you designed in that game just looked ridiculous compared awesome. to the actual shepherd awesome. model. No, yeah. you cannot make a good customized shepherd in that game. One. You, you cannot. saw my character and it's like, hey, so, that guy is cooler than the main shepherd. The uh-huh. shepherd. <laughs> so well, we should about. probably get to going because we've been talking for a long time. This or was better told. yet, we should probably get going because we've been talking oh, for a while. Yeah, I probably should wrap it up, Brank. If you could no, just I, cut I, it. I agree with Spank Put the bodies in the and uh, thanks for joining us, Bank Stank. We'll probably be stanking and banking with you soon. Can I come up with a new name? I don't know if I like it. <laughs> it sounds so dirty. Well, by yeah, it does. <laughs> next time you uh, <laughs> next time you stank and stake with us, then uh-huh. we'll uh, we'll bank you later, and you can choose mm. a new name. That's, okay. Um, it sounds like a sperm bank for poop. That's another bad joke. Think before you speak. <laughs> Super BS. Out. Badoosh. It hurts. That's uh, to us people that can feel things, it it uh, it hurts.